Recording from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freitra and Tyler D. The Outside Blitz! This is episode 10, and the boys discuss the finals of the preseason and predict the outcomes of the regular season. This is The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the uh, fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, a very raspy Scotty Freytown. Oh man, Tyler, man, I got this cold, and it turned to bron- bronchitis. I'm not happy about it, and I'm here with a very trepid Tyler Dean. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Tyler Dean. Now, and and this this cold though, Tyler, it's killing me here. It turned to bronchitis. I sound like hell, and uh, everybody's wondering what the hell's wrong with my voice. So I'm I'm kind of sad about it. Well, you're quieter. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start talking like this all the time. I'm gonna have to start really yelling at you. Oh boy. Yeah, it's oh, gonna be exciting. Boy. It's gonna be exciting. And welcome, folks, to the Outside Blitz. Very exciting week in the NFL. We are officially um, right around the corner from Week One. Week One, Tyler. It's one of our favorite days of the year, kind tomorrow, of. Tomorrow, tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah, tomorrow we we have uh, the first game of the NFL season. Uh, we'll be getting to that throughout the show. Um, Tyler, man, I'm excited for week one. How stoked are you for week one? Um, this this um, week one, the first day of the actual, the first game, I, it, I could I could give two shits about either team. I still love that first regular season game. Right. I, I Even though I don't care about either team, even though I don't really, you know, give a crap about what's going on, I mean, the fact is, is that I'm, I'm still going to cook up nachos and be a fatty, in spite of the fact that I've been on this great diet and been working out really hard. I'm, I know I'm going to be cooking up nachos. I know I'm going to be going to be sitting down at home with the old lady on the couch watching the, the first game of the NFL season and being stoked about the fact that football is back. So uh, we are um, we're right around the corner, man. And then it's sad for us though. We got a we do have a wrestling show on Sunday, um, so that 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 one's going to be a little bit of a sad day uh, on Sunday. But we will still get to check out all the scores. We'll get still get to watch Sunday night football. So I mean, it's not going to be so bad, but. Um, Week one, man, I'm I'm stoked. I love football season. It's one of my favorite times of the year. And then on top of that, the weather starts to turn, so fall weather, super stoked. But um, let's get right into uh, we the final week of the preseason, the final week of technically the off season. Tyler, are you ready to rock the preseason? Let's just get through the preseason. <laughs> yeah, so right yeah, start talking about the regular stuff. All right, getting started. The Miami Dolphins, uh, they. Just slaughtered the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons go 0 and 4 in the preseason, finishing out. Miami goes 1 and 3 uh, for the Dolphins. Brock Osweiler, 16 for 25, 147 yards, two touchdowns. David Fales did get to see some uh, field time, 13 for 20, 94 yards. He did throw a pick there. Um, Brandon Radcliffe leads the uh, the Dolphins in rushing, 14 carries for 53 yards. Um, he doesn't see any touchdowns though. Isaiah Ford led the Dolphins in receiving four receptions for 43 yards. Um, over on the Falcons side, Kirk Bunk- Bankert, Bankert, that's a weird name. Kirk Bankert, uh, he, he gets to see the most field time for the Falcons and throws an abysmal 10 for 25, 103 yards, two picks in that game. Uh, Matt Ryan didn't see the field. You did get to see uh, Garrett Grayson go two for six for 14. Um, nothing too horrendous uh, as far as the um, – the statistics for the Falcons, they sat a lot of their starters. Terrence McGee uh, led the league in, or led, led, led the team in rushing six carries for 27 yards. Uh, Jaden Graham, three receptions for 36 yards. 
and also Malik Williams went two receptions for 35 yards. Up next, Tyler, what you got for me? We have the Jets and the Eagles. The Eagles went up 10-9. Both teams finished 1-3 in the preseason. John Wolford went 8-20 and 89 yards in an interception, while Josh McCown went 3-for-8 and 26 yards. Trenton Cannon had 11 carries and 29 yards. And Cliff Wolford had three receptions and 40 yards. On the Eagles' side, uh, Joe Callahan went 18-for-26, 164 yards, and a touchdown and an interception. Chris Hackenberg led the, led the team in rushing yards, believe it or not, with five carries, 66 yards. Wow. And at receiving, uh, Anthony Denham had three receptions and 46 yards. What do you got, Scott? Uh, New England Patriots go up on the New York Giants 17-12. to uh, the Patriots finish out the season three and one. The preseason three and one. The New York Giants finish out two and two. Danny Etling saw the um, the most field time for uh, uh, the quarterbacks here. He was the only quarterback that the Patriots started. He went eighteen for thirty-two for one hundred fifty-seven yards, one touchdown, two picks. Uh, Etling also led the team in rushing, seven carries for one hundred and thirteen yards and a touchdown. Likes to run around. Ralph Webb also got to see some time, twelve carries for forty-one yards. Over on the receiving end, K.J. May, five receptions, 71 yards. Ralph Webb had four for 30 and a touchdown. On the Giants' side of things, you got to see Alex Tanney, 13 for 23, 92 yards and a touchdown. You also got to see uh, Kyle Aletta, eight for 19, 118 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Uh, Jalen Simmons led the team in rushing, 11 carries, 41 yards, no touchdowns. Amba Etta had one reception for 41 yards and a touchdown, and he led the New York Giants in receiving for that game. Tyler, what's up? Indianapolis Colts go up with Cincinnati Bengals 27.6 and both teams end 3-1 and one in preseason. Phil Walker led the team for the Colts uh, at passing with 19-31, 263 yards and two touchdowns and an interception. Jacoby Brissett also saw the field 8-12, 68 yards and a touchdown. Christine Michael led the team with five carries and 41 yards. And Colt Kobe Hamilton had three receptions and 62 yards and a touchdown. On the Bengals' side, Jeff Driscoll saw most reaction with 14 for 20, 116 yards and a touchdown. Nice little game there. Brian Hill had eight carries of 38 yards. And Mason Sprank had five, five receptions and 51 yards. What do you got, Scott? Uh, the Cleveland Browns continue that nice preseason showing. They finish out 3-1 and one, uh, after beating the Lions 35-17. to 17. The Lions finish out uh, one for three, uh, one and three in the preseason, which is actually kind of surprising for the old Detroit Lions. Um, Baker Mayfield got to see the most field time out for all the quarterbacks, nine for 16, 138 yards. And Brogan Roback, seven for 14 for 130. He did have a touchdown. Rushing wise, you got to see Matthew Days, eight carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Nick Chubb also got to see some time, five carries for 30 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Devon Kajusti. Two receptions, 48 yards, and Jeff Janis also had two receptions for 42 yards, leading the team in receiving. And over on the Lions side, Jake Rudock got to see the most time, 14 for 24, 112 yards and a touchdown. Matt Castle, Matt Castle the old man, uh, with an abysmal game, 4 for 11 for 64 yards and a pick. Um, very ugly game for him. Dwayne Washington, the former Raider, 20 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown. And Dantes Ford. Three receptions for 49 yards, as well as Dwayne Washington also had six carries for 43 yards for the old Lions. You're up, Tyler. What you got? Carolina Panthers and Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers go up 39-24, and both teams end 3-1 in preseason. 
For the Panthers, Kyle Allen saw most of the action with 25 to 36, 250 yards, and a touchdown. Great game. Cameron Artis Payne had five carries and 35 yards. Seeing that field time. Oh, yeah. And Rashad, Rashad Bailey had six receptions and 68 yards. On the Steelers, what? Just hit the wrong button. Oh, look at you go. On the Steelers side, uh, Josh Josh Dobbs went eight for twelve, one hundred fifty-one yards and a touchdown. While Mason Rudolph came out with five for nine, one hundred two yards and two touchdowns. Stephon Ridley came out with eight for eight carries and thirty-nine yards, and Tevin Jones had three three receptions and ninety yards and two touchdowns. What do you got, Scott? The Jacksonville Jaguars finish out the preseason three and one with a twenty-five to ten win over the two and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tanner Lee. Saw the most time for the Jags, 11 for 22, 164 yards. Cody Kessler went 4 for 6 for 32 yards. Uh, Brandon Wilds got to see some game time here, 17 carries for 88 yards. And Tim Cook as well, 16 carries for 51 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you also got to see Monte Crockett get three receptions for 76 yards for the Jags. Over on the Buck side, Ryan Griffin saw the most field time, 17 for 27, 151 yards and a touchdown. And Austin Allen went an abysmal 4 for 10. 64 yards and a pick. A very rough game for him. Bernard Reedy had five receptions for 56 yards. And Jesus Wilson, five receptions for 51 yards. Uh, Carrying-wise, Sean Wilson got, to see, got the most carries of the bunch, other than Ronald Jones, who only had four yards on 10 carries, while Wilson had seven carries for 44 yards. Uh, Jesus Wilson also had a carry on a reverse, one carry for 21 yards. Tyler, what's up, man? Washington Redskins and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens go up 30-20. to 20. And interesting note here is, uh, well, I, I skipped the record here. Um, Redskins went 1-3 for in preseason while, while Baltimore finishes up 5-0. and oh. on, on the Redskins side, only one quarterback saw action. Kevin Hogan played the entire game. Woo! 22-38, for 38, 272 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Great showing. So yeah, I think Kevin Hogan's proven he could be the backup here. Mm. Alex Smith, I think, is kind of what the, it was, it was a big test there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Robert Kelly had 11 carries and 49 yards, and uh, Sammy Cobbs Jr. had three receptions and 75 yards. On the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson continues to be mediocre of 9 for 15, 109 yards. While Josh Woodrum came in 3 for 8, 37 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Mark Thompson led the team with rushing with 14 carries and 91 yards. And Mark Andrews, the uh, new rookie tight end drafted in the uh, third round, uh, had three receptions and 61 yards. Yeah, Scott. Dare I say Lamar Jackson going 9 for 15 is an improvement? It is an improvement. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the sad part. Anyhow, uh, Dallas Cowboys, uh, they finish out the preseason 0-4, uh, falling to the Houston Texans 14-6. Houston finishes out 3-1 on the preseason. Cooper Rush for the Cowboys got to see the most playing time, 14 for 25, 83 yards, but he did have two picks. Mike White also saw some playing time, 13 for 21, 118 yards. Uh, Jordan Chun had the most carries for the team, nine carries for 34 yards. You're also going to see Lance Lenoir, nine receptions, 69 yards, and Michael Gallup, four receptions for 29. Over on the Houston side, Joe Webb got to see the most field time yet again, 11 for 18, 136. Brandon Whedon did see the field, but he only went three for nine for 22. Terry Swanson, 17 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown, not a bad showing. Uh, Quan Bray, three receptions for 44 yards, led the team. On the receiving end, Tyler, what you got for me, man? The LA Rams lost to the New Orleans Saints, twenty-eight to zero. The Rams end two and two, and Saints end three and one. For the fourth straight game, the Rams do not start any starters. 
I think this is going to continue. You're going to see this as a trend. I think um, people are going to start to follow McVay's footsteps in this one as injuries start to happen to teams. Um, McKinnon being the, being the uh, most notable. But um, for, for the Rams here, uh, Luis Perez went 8 for 15 and 50, uh, 43 yards and an interception. And Larry, Larry Rose had 12 carries and 43 yards. And John Munt had four receptions and 40 yards. On the Saints side, you had uh, Tyson Hill with 10 for 17, 159 yards and a touchdown. Boston Scott had 12 carries and 68 yards and a touchdown. And Cameron Meredith had two receptions, 72 yards and a touchdown. What do you got, Scott? Uh, the Buffalo Bills won a nail-biter against the Chicago Bears, 28-27. to The Bills finish out the preseason 2-2. Two and two. The Bears finish out 2-3. and three. A.J. McCarron saw the most uh, field time for the Bills going a horrendously bad 13 for 34. Tyler, I don't think A.J. McCarron's going to be the starter for the Buffalo Bills at this point. He's not on the team anymore. Yeah, 156 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Traveris Cadet, six carries for 73 yards, and Keith Ford had 15 carries for 55. Uh, Logan Thomas got to have got the most receptions for the game, three for 40 yards, um, but a horrible game for McGarren kind of, you know, daunted that pass game. Uh, going over to the Bears' side, Tyler Bray got to see the most pay, uh, time for the Bears. He's the only quarterback in there. 19 for 29, 180 yards and an interception. Ryan Nall had himself four carries for 74, uh, 79 yards and one touchdown. Niall Davis, 19 for 48 and a touchdown. Tanner Gentry, four receptions, 46 yards. And uh, Daniel Brown also had two receptions for 46 yards. Not a bad showing for those fellas. Tyler, what you got, man? I just want to kind of backtrack on here. So uh, we both lost the uh, Bills quarterback sweepstakes. Yeah, it was kind of a sad story. My quarterback got traded, and then Josh Allen got benched for Nate Nate Peterman. Yes. Awful. (laughs) Awful, awful, awful. Next I have here, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Tennessee Titans 13-3. Skull, skull, skull. The Vikings go 3-1 in preseason while the Titans go 0-4. Kyle Slaughter went 11-15, 130 yards. It's Slaughter. Slaughter. Come on now, I'm a Viking. Okay. Skull, skull, skull. (laughs) <laughs> did, he make, did he make the team? Yes, he did. He's the third stringer, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. Mike Boone had 15 carries on 56 yards. Good showing there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brandon Zilstra? Zilstra, yep. I got that one. Uh, yeah, you got it. 54 yards and a touchdown. On the Titans side, uh, Luke Falk played the entire game with 13 to 24, 114 yards. Not a very great showing there. And Dallin Dawkins went 11 carries for 53 yards, and Cameron Batson went four receptions and 46 yards. What do you got, Scott? Oh boy, oh boy! The Packers, uh, 21 to 30, well, 33 to 21. The Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Packers. Um, the Packers finish out two to two, two and two. The Kansas City Chiefs finish out two and two. Tim Boyle sees the most playing time: 15 for 31, 127 yards, and a touchdown, two picks. And Deshaun Kaiser got to see uh, 5 for 7 for 57 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Wow, lots of interceptions for the old Kansas City Chiefs there. Um, it, well, the Packers quarterback's throwing to the Chiefs. Anyhow, Aaron Jones, 9 carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he leads the team in rushing. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, there's a name we haven't heard in a second, 3 receptions for 41 yards. Robert Tanyan uh, has 4 receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown. Over on the Chiefs' side. You're talking Chase Litton. Got to see the most field time, 13 for 21, 166 yards. Matt McGloin did get to see the field, 10 for 18 for 127, one touchdown, one pick. And Chad Henney comes into the game, 4 for 5, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Darrell Williams led the team in rushing for 11, with 11 carries for 41 yards. 
And uh, Byron Pringle, who? <laughs> yeah. Byron Pringle, four receptions for 122 yards, has himself a game through the air. Jason Morrow, four receptions for 48 yards. And Jordan Smallwood, two receptions for 44 yards. Chiefs getting it done through the air against the Packers. Go ahead, Mikhail. Oakland Raiders, Seattle Seahawks. The Raiders go up 30-19. to The Raiders ending 3-1 and and the Seahawks ending 0-4. The big story here was E.J. Manuel. 18 for 22, 255 yards, three touchdowns. Showing that starter ability. Connor Cook, who was supposed to be the backup, mm -hmm. went 3 for 5, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Warren, 12 carries and 42 yards. And Keon Hatcher had eight receptions and 128 yards, and he got all three of those touchdowns. Yeehaw. On the Seahawks side, Austin Davis saw most of the action. He had 13 for 20 and 194 yards and a touchdown. But Alex McGowell also had 12 for 23, 131 yards and a touchdown. Mike Davis had nine carries and 45 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Demore Stringfellow had two receptions on 90 yards and a touchdown. That's a strange name. <laughs> What do you got, Scott? Um, I got the L.A. Chargers. Hey, I got it right this time. The L.A. Chargers take down the San Francisco 49ers 23-21. The Chargers finish out the preseason 2-2. Two two. San Francisco finishes out just a uh, measly 1-3. The Chargers had three different quarterbacks coming to this game, but still didn't pass the ball a whole lot. Geno Smith going 4 for 6 for 16 yards. Nick Shimerenik goes 4 for 4 for 34 yards. Cardale Jones did get to see some action. 3 for 6 for 21 yards and a touchdown. So... But is six four? I mean, you're, you're talking sixteen passes total for the entire football game between three quarterbacks. That's wild. Uh, Terrell Watson nine carries for forty yards. He gets a touchdown. Geno Smith also got to show some moves with his legs. Four carries for thirty six yards. And Detrez Newsom got to see some playing time. Seven carries for thirty five. Receiving wise, Russell Hansborough had two receptions for twenty four. Andre Patton got three receptions for twenty two yards and a touchdown. Over on the Niners' side, Nick Mullins saw the most playing time, 10 for 17, 106 yards for the Niners. Jack Hennigan also saw some playing time, 8 for 9 for 58 yards. C.J. Bethard got into the game but didn't throw a single pass the entire game, 0 for 0. Um, Jeremy McNichols, 8 carries for 27 yards and a touchdown. Nick Mullins, 3 carries for 19 yards and a touchdown. Jeffrey Wilson, 9 carries for 17 yards and a touchdown. So the Niners getting points on the ground. Uh, Richie James had three receptions, or I'm sorry, seven receptions for 80 yards. Ross Dwelly had three receptions for 39 yards. So it seems like the Niners are getting it done on the ground, just not through the air. Funny thing about that, Jarek McKinnon, torn ACL. We'll get to that um, a little bit later. And uh, Tyler, last one for the for the uh, preseason. What you got, man? Denver Broncos go up in the Carolina, or the Arizona Cardinals, 21-10. Denver ends, ends preseason 2-2 two and two, while the Cardinals end 3-1. and one. Paxton Lynch with 14 for 15, 120 yards and two touchdowns. D'Angelo Henderson went 11 carries and 53 yards. And Jordan Leslie went five receptions, 70 yards and a touchdown. On the Cardinals side, Mike Glenn went 8 for 10, 69 yards and a touchdown. Darius Victor had four carries and 35 yards. And Trent Sherfield had two receptions and 44 yards. And that's the last of the, uh, that, that's the last game of preseason right there. Woo, man, it's, it's, it's all over. The offseason is over, Tyler. Good. Season time. <laughs> yeah, it's regular season time. It's time for us to get really, really, really excited. At least I like to think so. And, and, and right, you know, with preseason ending, that's a good time to take a break, 
We're going to take a quick break. Season the rearview mirror. Yep. And let's look at the regular season. Yep. Let's start looking ahead, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsor. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean. The tasty Tyler Dean. And I'm here with my co-host, the forgettable, Scotty Freitas. The forgettable? There's nothing forgettable about me. Let me tell you something, Tyler Dean. You got a mouth on you, and I don't like it. Whoa, I have a mouth. Yeah, well, you do. Mr. Do, Mr. Do, Slob Cobb do, and all do you this hear stuff. Yourself? Hey, I, I'm a I have a great, great radio voice. That's what I'm told anyway. Yeah, just the that's just the I, I don't have a great radio voice right now. I sound like I've been smoking cigarettes for five weeks, though. You have a good face for radio, too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm an ugly SOB. Anyway, um, Tyler, news around the NFL. First things first, buddy. Let's talk cuts. Um, this is one of the – Yeah, there's a lot. And there's a lot of big cuts this year. We, we've been experiencing um, just, just an insane amount of good players – seeing free agency that guys that you would never imagine seeing free agency. And, um, you know, in, in, years ago when, when we were talking about guys getting drafted and, and one of the names that, that seemed to come up, we're going to jump right in here. Paxton Lynch was a name that came up. Um, I mean, he was drafted in the first round, 2016. Um, everybody thought he was going to be the next thing, big thing in uh, uh, Denver there for the Broncos. And, um, Paxton gets cut by the Broncos this year after, uh, and I mean, he, he was in all kinds of trouble. The fans weren't real happy with him. John Elway wasn't really happy with him. Guy got a big mouth near the end, said he was the best quarterback that the Denver Broncos currently had. Um, finds himself getting cut, um, replaced by, now, now the, the interesting thing here is Kevin Hogan has himself a pretty impressive preseason in Washington, still finds himself getting cut, but then he gets picked up by the Broncos in Paxton Lynch's place. I mean, is Paxton Lynch better than Kevin Hogan, Tyler? That's the first question I guess I have. <coughs> no, they're, they're, they're both equal to me. I mean, I, I don't think one is better than the other, but, you know, d does Paxton Lynch, does Kevin Hogan fill that void of Paxton Lynch? It is I mean, Kevin Hogan did I have guess. a... I I mean, I, yeah, exactly, I guess. I mean, I guess Paxton Lynch had a better... better uh, um, or Kevin Hogan had a better preseason than Paxton did, for sure. Um, but, I mean, Kevin Hogan, I, I, I mean, I don't think much of him as a starter, to be honest with you. I don't think he, I don't think he's, you know, going to be anything spectacular over in, Den in there in Denver. Um, I think they had a better, personally, I think Kevin Paxton was a little bit better than Kevin Hogan. But maybe that's just me. Um, but weird little situation in Denver there, I guess, with the quarterback wagon going on there. You got Case Keenum. Uh, kind of crap in the bed over there in, in preseason um, by, I mean, statistically and by all counts, 
you got Case Keenum kind of not looking like the Case Keenum we saw last year, uh, the guy where people were talking about him as, as the you know comeback star of the year or whatever they, they were calling him. But so at this point, does Kevin Hogan uh, – here's a better question. Does Kevin Hogan have a, a better chance at being a starter in Denver with Case Keenum being there? No. You don't think so? Why? I, I think Lynch had a better chance of being a starter there just for starters just because Lynch knows that system. He's been there the last few seasons. Mm, even in spite of the fact that Kevin Hogan looked best out of all three of those guys during preseason? Yes. Like, I, I don't buy uh, Hogan. You don't buy Hogan. Man, I, I mean, I, I like Kevin Hogan. I think the guy's a, a, a decent player. Um, he hasn't really gotten his fair shake, but I think the guy could turn out well. Um, I'm, I'm saying right now, I don't believe Case Keenum comes out of there as the starter. I think I no Case Keenum will go start losses to Case. I don't think so. I think Case Keenum won't come out of there the starter. I'm calling it right now. You're going to see Kevin Hogan near the end of the season as the starter for the Denver Broncos. That's one of my bold predictions um, with this whole thing. And Paxton Lynch is supposed to be uh, working out for the Buffalo Bills. Um, do the Bills sign him at this point? Uh, I don't know. Like, no, I, I'd say no. They, they obviously have enough confidence. I guess, and Nate Peterman be the starter. Peterman was the surprise of this preseason, I, I think. You know, realistically, um, look at look at uh, the the move of McCarron out of there. You know, sent over to Oakland. That's another big move. This all kind of ties in together, weirdly enough. Paxton Lynch over here working out for the Buffalo Bills, and you got, you know, now they sent AJ McCarron out the door. They have a quarterback spot open. Does AJ McCarron? And A.J. McCarron, go, so he's playing for, for Oakland right now. Does Paxton Lynch wind up taking that spot that A.J. McCarron kind of you know, left in the dust there or, or that the Bills kind of left open? I, 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 mean, I don't think Lynch is going gonna to probably – I think Nate Peterman there. Really? Okay. So, so does Paxton Lynch wind up as a backup for Nate Peterman at this point? I think it's possible, but I think ultimately – um, the, the, the moment you bench Peterman, Josh Allen's starting. Yeah, I, I think Josh Allen should be the starter over there. I'm kind of surprised by by the Nate Peterman move. When I, when I draft a guy first round, I want him to be a first, you know, a starter. That's so that's kind of my goal. And and uh, Josh Allen not being the starter over there, Nate Peterman being the guy, I'm kind of surprised by that. And and especially with how poorly um, Peterman did last year in in the one game that he did come in, it was just so bad. Uh, five interceptions. He was there for what a, a quarter and a cup of coffee. Right. I mean, it, it was pretty nasty. So, uh, and and along with the AJ McCarron going to Oakland move, Connor Cook gets released by the Oakland Raiders. This makes me sad. Yeah, and and Cook's a good quarterback that never really. I mean, the the, the poor guy. He come got thrown to the wolves in in like his very first game. And here, here, go play a playoff game. And, and they wanted him to come out and perform like he was Aaron Rodgers or something. I, I don't understand the logic in Oakland sometimes. I'm like, some, sometimes I just scratch my head. You know, and i got to remember that this is the same team, and, and as, as much of a kind of a staple as he was over there, this is the same guy who, um, the same team anyway, that drafted Sebastian Janikowski in the first round. I've got to remember that somewhere in the back of my mind. But... Um, well, Sebastian Janikowski proved to be a worthy draft pick, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, the guy, the guy, you know, great. You can kick long field goals, but I don't know that Janikowski. Well, I mean, 
He, was he a worthy draft pick? Was he worth a first-rounder? Let's put it that way. That's fair. I mean, I don't think any kicker – I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I like a good kicker, but I don't think any kicker is going to be worth a first round. Let's just face the reality there. So so taking Sebastian Janikowski in the first round was a head-scratcher to me. You, you could have got the guy in the fifth round. But, I mean, I guess it's neither here nor there. So Oakland Raiders, they, they, they go and do that. Um, T.J. Clemmings winds up getting um, released. Uh, this, this one was confusing. T.J. Clemmings, and speaking of Oakland, so T.J. Clemmings gets released and gets picked up almost instantly by the Oakland Raiders, um, speaking of Oakland. So oh, he gets released by Washington, gets picked up by Oakland, um, and Oakland made a, made a ton of moves as far as cuts and pickups this past week. So they pick up T.J. Clemmings. First of all, we'll start with Clemmings. 26 years old. Um, the, the guy should have been a first-rounder when, when the draft was going on. He really hasn't gotten his fair shake, whether he was in Minnesota or elsewhere. Um, does T.J. Clemmings change the landscape of the offensive line situation for the Oakland Raiders? It helps. I, I think it does. Because um, Clemmings, I mean, the only reason he, got dra- he didn't get drafted first round was because of the fact that he had off-the-field issues. He had attitude problems. Right, and, 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 and that was definitely a big factor, and I think they kind of got a nice deal on that here. Yeah, I mean, you get away with one here. Clemmings is a good player that, that, like I said, I don't think he's gotten a fair shake, and I don't think he's gotten the experience in the NFL that he should have gotten. Have gotten. Um, but he's still 26 years old, a lot of tread left on the tires, good freaking tackle. I mean, he's a good offensive tackle. I like him a lot. This guy, to me, is going to wind up being um, a, a huge hit for, for Oakland, uh, but but then Oakland, on top of it all, on top of all this, goes out and and they're replacing uh, Marte or they're what well, they they cut Martavis Bryant, the the big free agency move that they they made in the off season. I I, I thought he was going to be a big factor this year. He has the impending suspension. I think that all to do with it. Yeah, and and that's that seems to be the fact. I, I mean, the the big suspension for Martavis Bryant. So they they go and they cut Martavis Bryant. Um, rumors are kind of swirling already that Brandon LaFell may be the guy that's going to replace Martavis Bryant. Um, Gruden is kind of one of those guys over there that's really shaking things up. He did a lot of this, this same type of stuff in, in Tampa Bay. Um, we, we saw it a lot um, when he went to Tampa and he went and won the Super Bowl, and he seemingly won that Super Bowl with a whole bunch of nobodies. I mean, he was taking guys that... Brad Johnson. Yeah, Brad, Brad Johnson. Nobody expected Brad Johnson to be leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a, a Super Bowl. But, you know, John Gruden has a weird eye for things and, and guys that are really going to fit his system. So if Martavis Bryant wasn't going to fit his system, I, which, I, I mean, everybody's kind of surprised by this cut because Martavis Bryant is the kind of guy that's a big play kind of guy. He was a big play kind of guy in Pittsburgh. Is Martavis Bryant going to be a, a huge um, a factor for somebody? I think so. I think Martavis Bryant, he could go somewhere and make a big splash. A place like Jacksonville would be a great place for him where Lee went down with that injury. Um, and, and you got Marquise Lee on the shelf, and you got Dante Moncrief that's got to pick it up. Imagine Martavis Bryant over there on a one-year prove-it deal. I think that would work out really well for him. I'm, I'm very surprised by the by the uh, loss of, of Martavis Bryant over there in Oakland. Um, just a, a confusing, confusing situation over there. Uh, it, it's really depressing. I, I, I thought for a long time, and I, I still stand by Mart- Martavis Bryant's a very good receiver. I think he, he could help the team out. Right, and, and it's it just confusing. 
just a confusing thing there. I, I, I mean, I, I don't understand it. I don't under, I completely understand it. But staying over in the uh, or the AFC West, David Emerson, um, 26-year-old corner, uh, cut by the Kansas City Chiefs, former Oakland Raider, um, former Washington Redskin, now former Kansas City Chief. He's kind of becoming a journeyman uh, the way that, that Dominique rogers Camardi was. I'm surprised at this cut. See, I'm, I'm not. Um, I, I think the Chiefs at the point where they know they're going into rebuild mode. So you guys are to see them the part ways with some of their veterans. Well, I don't think Amerson, the problem with Amerson, 26 years old, the guy's got a lot, a lot of tread on the tires. He And, and that's the thing. You To me, Amerson's the kind of guy you're going to go out and you're going to give a, a five-year deal and start building your team around five, six-year contract. But, but, it, but it raised the question, at, at 26, why has he been on three teams? I mean, he's been on three teams. I know Oakland was, he walked it from Oakland. He, his contract expired in Oakland. Um, he went to Washington. He had a one-year deal over there, a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, went to Kansas City. I think he was hurt in Washington. Uh, went to Kansas City, and, and he gets cut. I think he was a cap casualty more than anything else. I know Kansas City's a little tight on the cap space. Um, this, to me, was was just a confusing one. I think Amerson's a good corner. He's got good hands. Um, he, he knows how to play the ball. Uh, it, it was a one-year 2.25 deal he had with the Chiefs. Um, I, I don't know. You know, the Chiefs need, need a, a guy to bolster that secondary. And apparently they didn't think Amerson was that guy. To me, Amerson is that kind of guy. And, and I think they lost a pretty pretty uh, lofty corner in that. Um, there's going to be teams out there that are going to be in the market for a good corner like this. And, and I, David Amerson is, is a huge addition to any team. So uh, a little bit surprising um, that, that they went and did this. Uh, and so now as far as um, defensive players, when we're talking defense here, um, some of the smaller ones that that we got to see happen: Coney Ely, um, cut by the Cowboys. I, I <laughs> very confusing uh, thing over there. Coney Ely was a, a, a second rounder for the Panthers. Everybody was saying he was supposed to be a first rounder. Great defensive end. I mean, he came out hot for the Panthers for the first couple of years, um, and then just went down to down the tubes. I don't understand. Uh, how a guy like Coney Ely gets gets cut from two different teams or, or traded from one team, cut by another. And I don't know what's, what's going on with, with Coney Ely. Um, do you feel that Coney Ely winds up on a team as a starting defensive end before the end of the year? And, um, I, I think he'll be, he'll be, he'll be an off-season ad going into the next season. I, I, I think he's going to be someone that they're, gonna, they're not going to bring him in mid-season. Because I'm going to bring it in the beginning of offseason so they can begin teaching the system. And I think we're seeing a lot of the guys got cut. They'll, they'll be sitting off the air and they'll be uh, joining the team in the offseason. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's a um, kind of an interesting one. I, I like Coney Ely. He's a great player. Um, there's a lot of teams out there that do need a, a solid defensive end. He's not really a system guy. He's, he's a great speed rusher. And, you know, I mean, he can do it all. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that the Cowboys let him, let him walk. Uh, the way he did, or the way they did. Um, now, staying kind of close to the, the western side of the, the country, well, I, a guy that well, used to be on the western side of the country, now he, get, he gets cut on the east side, Thomas Rawls, um, cut by the New York Jets. Uh, are you surprised by Thomas Rawls getting cut by the New York Jets? No, I'm not. 
And I think Thomas Rawls has been a guy, in my opinion, been overrated. Mm. He's, he's, he, I think he's got he's, he's played some good ball just out of uh, playing on a very uh, potent offense at the time in Seattle. And so, and, and as Seattle sort of diminished, and so did uh, Rawls' numbers and injuries have also been a problem. And Jets have their starter in, in Isaiah Crowell, and, and I don't I, I don't think that. Rawls is in the cards. I'm kind of with you there. I, I think Thomas Rawls is kind of a system guy. He he plays um, he played really well in the Seattle system. He was the kind of guy that kind of caught out of the backfield. I, I think a little more often than than uh, people expected. He wasn't bad in Seattle. I think in Seattle he turns up as as a great runner. But um, Seattle let him walk, and and they they seem to have their guy now. If you're the Seattle Seahawks right now. Are you considering Thomas Rawls if you can get him on a discount? No, I think Seattle's got two cards in the backfield as is. I, I, I don't see them with the animals. Wow. Oh, I, you know, and uh, I, I actually am I'm going to be on the other side of the coin there. Um, I believe that Thomas Rawls, if, if Tom, because Seattle, even though their backfield's kind of crowded, um, they do have guys on their team that I, I guess to me don't scream starter the way that Thomas Rawls did for Seattle. I think if they can get Thomas Rawls on a discount and for far less money, I think they're going to take it. Um, so I, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to say they're going to look at Thomas Rawls and they're going to consider bringing him in. Um, now, moving into the running back train here. So we're, we're just going to continue with, with running backs for a minute. Dwayne Washington. Um, so drafted by the Lions in the seventh round. Now he's playing for the Saints, uh, no longer a Detroit Lion. Um, do you like this move by the Lions cutting Dwayne Washington? I do. The Lions are our team, but they have a lot of running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Washington was never going to make the team. Really? Do, do you think Dwayne Washington, keeping Dwayne, do you think it would be more beneficial, beneficial to keep Dwayne Washington and dump? say, Amir Abdullah for trade bait. Do you think it would have been more beneficial to do that at that point in time? No, I think Amir Abdullah, I think they're, they're wanting one last look at him. I think they're hoping that he can turn into the guy they want to be, or at least have a good enough season that they could trade him. Um, Abdullah is never going to get cut. He's kind of a trade bait kind of player. Um, but just with the, with the way that backfield is, I, I, I never had faith that Washington would make him. And you see, I'm, I'm kind of on the other, the other side of the coin there. I, I like... Washington as a runner, I think he's a good bruiser. He's a good downhill runner. I think the problem I, I have with this move is that I feel like you could get good uh, um, takeaway from a guy like Amir Abdullah taking him and saying, hey, let's trade this guy away and get something good for him. Um, and, and people have uh, uh, kind of, you know, like Amir Abdullah, we know he's got a fumbling problem. He's elusive, sure. But has Amir Abdullah turned out to be the guy that everybody expected to be him to be in Detroit? I don't think so. I think Theo Riddick showed that he's a better running back. I think that that um, LeGarrette Blunt is obviously a better running back. I think Carryon Johnson is a better running back. Um, so to me, when I'm talking Dwayne Washington, um, I believe that Dwayne Washington uh, should have made that team. They could have gotten a, a, a really, really good takeaway um, from uh, – Amir Abdullah. Now, also staying on that running back train, Aaron Ripkowski, cut by the Green Bay Packers, the longtime fullback. Um, this guy's a monster. I, I think he's going to catch on somewhere. He's a big boy, uh, good blocker, good runner. 
I'll be honest. I, I think Ripkowski, him getting cut is a huge hit for the Packers because it's one less guy to protect Aaron Rodgers on an already very questionable offensive line. This this one, to me... This, I, this one surprised me. I, yeah. I figured they were, they were trying to keep as much of the depth and talent they had in that team just to help counteract the, the weakness they have at the offensive line. This one really stunned me. Yeah, the, the, and it is, it's bad. It, this, is, this is a bad move. This guy being a cap casualty, horrible. you got to keep the guy around to, to protect Aaron Rodgers. Who in the hell is going to protect Aaron Rodgers at this point? Nobody seems to know. Um, but I believe you're going to see Aaron Rodgers. You know, all this, this stuff about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, and we keep hearing about it, and then they do one more thing to keep Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. After signing him to this long, monstrous contract, I, this move was was kind of a senseless one. It, it made no sense to me. I believe that Aaron Rodgers, um, he's going to get hurt this season with with that lack of protection, and they just made it a whole lot easier for a lot of teams to do so. Speaking of protecting quarterbacks, Austin Howard, um, he was cut by the Colts. I, he started all sixteen games. He's thirty one years old. He still has tread on the tires. Yeah, it might very well be. Um, to me, Austin Howard was was one of the more reliable guys for them. I mean, we, we saw Jack Muhort getting hurt. Um, there were a lot of guys that, that were getting beat up, um, getting beat up over with the uh, uh, Colts offensive line that, that kind of led to Andrew Luck getting hurt. I mean, if you're looking to protect Andrew Luck, you're going to keep one of your veteran offensive linemen there. Um and uh, I, this one was just kind of a, a head-scratcher to me. I didn't like it very much. Um, I, what do you think? Do you, do you, do you keep Austin Howard? I, I think it's the same scenario as, as Green Bay. They need to protect Luck because Luck is a great quarterback. But if you got to be able to protect him. you got to be able to keep him healthy or, or you're not going to do anything. Now, does Austin Howard catch on somewhere else? Or does he wind up as a free agent at this point? I, I think he, he catches on somewhere. I think he some, someone brings him in as a, as a backup veteran role now. Yep. Now, now, speaking of injuring quarterbacks, we'll jump over to Minnesota real quick. Brian Robison, cut by the Vikings. Um, longtime guy. He's a, a veteran way up there in age. He's, what, 35, 36 years old now. Uh, Robison sees his way to the door after, uh, after being with the Vikings for such a long time and being a staple of their defense. Um, he was part of that uh, that Williams Wall defense that they had for a long time. Um, does this hurt the Vikings? I don't think so. No, he's 35 years old. This is a scenario we don't need. To. Right. He's he wasn't getting paid a whole lot. Um, it, I think this was a safe cut for the Vikings, especially with the big signing of Daniel Hunter. Um, and and Daniel Hunter has has taken that spot uh, wholeheartedly. So so that one wound up. Um, wound up being kind of no surprise. It was a kind of a surprise, but at the same time, it wasn't because of the fact that he was up there and Daniel Hunter just got signed to that big contract. Um, Vikings also cut Kendall Wright over over uh, the uh, weekend here. Kendall Wright, I, I'm surprised by this one because everybody was saying that he was going to be the big slot guy over there in Minnesota. Um, it was kind of looking like Thielen, Diggs, and Wright were going to be the, the big three. Um, and, and it was, to me, to be perfectly honest with you, and I hate to make this comparison because it, it almost is no comparison, but it reminds me of the Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed type thing that was going on in Minnesota for many years, and having that, that fearful three receivers was getting kind of exciting. 
uh, Laquan Treadwell beats out Kendall Wright, which I'm, I'm amazed because Laquan Treadwell has not performed um, since getting drafted in the first round. Uh, he, he's kind of, he's looked bad. I mean, even Jarius Wright outperformed Laquan Treadwell. So, okay, first question is, does Kendall Wright catch on somewhere else? I don't know that he does. I, I, I'm, the, the jury's still out with me, Kendall White. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel at this point. Mm-hmm. He, he's starting to get up there. Yep, he's getting up there in years. He's about 31. It's kind of the back end, and I think it's kind of what Minnesota's looking at. They're still a relatively young team. <clears throat> I just don't think Kendall White is something they need. Now, now, considering the guys that they kept on, they kept on Stacy Coley, and they kept on uh, Zilstra, uh, do, do those guys compare to Kendall Wright, or do you think they're just purely looking for youth at this point in time? I think they have the start. They have the starting core in uh, in Thielen and Diggs at this point. They're going to try to keep it young, and, and they they can fill that slot guy. Kind of guys can do it. Yes. Now, does Laquan Treadwell finally live up to expectations in Minnesota? He gets a cut next year. You think so? Yep. Oh man, gutsy, gutsy, gutsy call by Tyler. Speaking of wide receivers getting cut, Corey Coleman cut by the Buffalo Bills. That one stunned me. Yeah, um, Bills made a move to get him from Browns. They they get him for cheap. Corey Coleman's a, a former first rounder. The guy's a, a deep threat. I don't understand this. Coleman uh, ends up on a team before before uh, the end of the weekend. I sure as hell hope so. A lot of people are saying this is kind of the. I mean, the easy thing to do would have been to keep Corey Coleman. To me, uh, everybody seems to think he's gonna gonna catch on somewhere else. I sure as hell hope he does. I mean, for a guy that went round one, pick fifteen in two thousand sixteen, you would hope. That, that he was going to catch on. He never really got a fair shake with Cleveland. He never really got a fair shake with, with uh, Buffalo. They should have kept this guy, and Buffalo doesn't really have much in terms of, uh, I mean, they got, you know, Calvin over there. Okay, great, you got Calvin Benjamin. Beyond that, I mean, they, to me, they don't have much in terms of and, weapons. And, and that's why I'm so stunned that they dropped, they dropped Coleman. They don't have anything else besides them. You're right. I, they don't have much in terms of weapons over there. I'm stunned by this. I don't think it's a smart move. And, and really, Coleman's contract was really cheap at this point. Um, they, they would have been smart to keep him. I, I don't understand Buffalo doing this. But Corey Coleman um, gets cut by the uh, uh, Bills there. And last but not least, Dan Bailey. Um, he sees his way out the door getting cut by the, uh, by the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um the good news for him, he has offers from four other teams. I mean, who wouldn't want a guy like this? Dan Bailey and, um, is currently sitting as the second most accurate pick in, 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 the, in the history of NFL. So he's going to be on a team. Oh, yeah. Somebody is looking at him. I, it's no surprise that, that he got um, uh, he, when, when, that he's getting offers. It's no surprise. It's a surprise that the Dallas Cowboys cut him, but, I mean, I'm sure he was just a cap casualty. Um, Dallas turns to Brett Maurer as their, uh, as their kicker. Um, Really, just an untested kind of guy. So we'll we'll see how Maurer walk you know turns out um, with, and we'll see where Dan Bailey winds up. But uh, and Dan Bailey's only thirty two or thirty years old. He's got a lot of time uh, left in this league. Um, guy's in great shape. He's one of the most accurate kickers, as you said, Tyler. I like Dan Bailey. Um, he's a great kicker. So uh, Bailey gets cut now. As far as teams losing players, Terrence Newman. The man with alien blood in his veins retires. Um, I mean, just after signing with, with the Vikings, kind of a surprise. Surprise! It's a surprise, uh, you know, because he just resigned. So he said he was going to play one more year. I'm I'm surprised that he retired. At the same time, 
this tells me that the Vikings are good at cor uh, corner. Um, oh, yeah, and, 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 that's, and that's for sure. And I, I think this was a uh, Terrence Newman woke up and was, you know what, my bones hurt, I'm done. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it was was that. And I think I think Mike Zimmer said, you know, Terrence, I think we're good. We've, we've, got, we've got Trey Waynes, we've got Mackenzie Alexander, we've got Mike Hughes, we've got Xavier Rhodes. Do we really need this guy at corner? And, and the answer was, no, we don't, but we would love to have you around as a corner coach. Newman takes over as a corner coach for the Vikings. Does this help the Vikings having a, a guy like Terrence Newman as your corner or one of your corner coaches? He was supposed to be the nickel corner coach. I, I think it depends. Not, not all players make great coaches. Mm -hmm. Some do, but I'm curious to see how he does it in that role. So I, I, it's hard to say. Well, and, and, I, and it's my experience that some players make more – they don't make good head coaches, but they make very, very good position coaches. That's something that, that we learned um, with Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary made an awful head coach over in San Francisco, came to Minnesota, has been a, an outstanding linebacker coach and, and has continued to be an outstanding linebacker coach all across this league. So, I mean, Terrence Newman, we're going to see, um, you know, with him being kind of fresh out of the league, we're going to see how he turns out as a coach, um, uh, you know, moving forward. Now, bigger news out of San Francisco, Jarek McKinnon, the, the latest big signing for the 49ers, um, tears his ACL. Uh, how does this affect the Niners at this point, losing Jarek McKinnon? I think it definitely has an effect because they may become more one-dimensional, or this could be the resurrection of a of a back. I think is still very good in Alfred Morris. Yes, um, I think Alfred Morris takes over the starting position. I think Alfred Morris shows everybody and reminds everybody why he was a fourteen hundred yard rusher uh, not too long Twice. ago. Yeah, in a row, two times in a row. Exactly. Um, Alfred Morris, I I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. This is his shot. I hope he makes this his team. Um, does Jarek McKinnon get cut if Alfred Morris? comes alive, and does what he does. Well, just to back up just a little bit, that's if Alfred Morris wins that job. As it stands, he's supposed to start week one, but the current plan is Beretta will come in and be the starter for that team. Yeah, I, I think Alfred Morris wins the starting position. Um, I don't think Beretta's going to be that good. I'm calling Alfred Morris um, to be the starter for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. We're going to talk about week five, I'm going to say. He's going to wind up as the starter. I don't think Beretta has what it takes to get it done. Is Jerick McKinnon done in the NFL, Tyler? No, they'll, they'll, they'll get a second chance. They'll still be the starter of that team next season. Um, they got they got him on a big contract. They're not, they're not going to just be able to dump him and get away. They're, 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 they have that contract for a while. They're, they're, so Jerk McKinnon's going to be their guy despite the injury. <clears throat> now, will he be the starter of that team? Um, I mean, let, let's say you get Barretta or Alfred Morris coming out 1,400 yards and they blow up touchdowns galore. Does he take that it, it really depends because it's, it's it's a lot to have a guy that's getting paid the way that McKinnon is to sit as a backup. Right. No. No. At that point, do you cut McKinnon? How? What would it cost to cut McKinnon? Let's say it doesn't cost you a whole lot. Do you dump him? If Beretta or, or Morris come out and hit the ground running and get fourteen hundred yards like, like, like you're claiming, then yeah, you, you do that. You show you don't need him, but it's going to be a hit. Yes. Now, um, over in Seattle, we had some news. Earl Thomas, uh, in, in the midst of all of his contract dispute, shows back up in Seattle. Um, he, he says uh, his exact words, the, the quote from Earl Thomas was, I worked my whole life for this. I've never let my teammates, city, or fans down as long as I've lived. 
and don't plan and I don't plan on starting this weekend. With that being said, the disrespect has been well noted and will not be forgotten. Father Time may have un, an undefeated record, but best believe I plan on taking him into triple overtime when it comes to my career. Do, so does Earl Thomas? Um, he, he rejoins the team, so he you know he's kind of kind of pulling the Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined type of thing. But um, does Earl Thomas um, get re-signed to a long-term deal in Seattle? Do you think he's done in Seattle? He's done with them? He's done. Okay. His career's not done. He's no. Done. Seattle's going through a rebuild mode. Yep. They're not going to give Earl Thomas a contract, a big big contract to, to him because – by the time that, that they're ready to be a good team again, Earl Thomas is going to be sitting at home. And, and let's just say what Earl Thomas is going to get signed to, because you were about to say it. Earl Thomas is going to get signed to a big-ass contract, and we know he is. He's going to go out there and, and get signed to a big deal in the offseason if Seattle decides, hey, we're going to send you out the door. Um, he's going to get a monster deal. Earl Thomas is one of the best around. Um, so, I mean, he's one of the best safeties in, in the league, 29 years old. He's about to hit 30. He's technically going to be hitting the ass end of his career. But at the same time, Earl Thomas has still continued to play at such a high level. So does Earl Thomas wind up regressing? Who knows? Time will tell. I believe Earl Thomas winds up basically turning a defense from a very good defense into a great defense. Potentially, I mean, the first one that comes to mind would be your boys over there in Baltimore. Well, I'm going to disagree with you for one reason. Right now, as it stands, Baltimore is still very happy with their, their uh, safety core. The only place he fits in is if, if Baltimore decides to part ways and move on from all-pro, Pro Bowl safety, Eric Weddle. And, and that's one thing that I think, I don't think they're going to part ways, but I think Eric Weddle is going to say, you know, I'm, I'm good, and he's going to go and take his ball and go somewhere else. Um, Earl Thomas, that's why I think Earl Thomas could wind up over there in Baltimore. See, um, I, I I think, and, and this could be this could be my uh, fandom hoping, um, just the just the way Eric Weddle talks about the team and talks about what he wants to do, I see Weddle retiring the Ravens. Really? Well, I'm sorry. He's he's gonna retire where where he spent most of his career. He'll retire in the Charger uniform. He'll sign a one day contract and be done. But I think he'll play his last full season in Baltimore. Wow, that's that's a gutsy call for for a guy of that caliber. Um, now, moving on, Nick Foles um, gets named the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles moving into Week One. Um, what what's the the thought process here? I mean, I know they're kind of worried about Carson Wentz, the injury last year. A lot of people are saying Carson Wentz isn't ready. Um, let, let's bear in mind that Carson Wentz's injury happened very late in the season. Yes. So it was known that him being ready for the beginning of the season was going to be questionable. And that's what you're looking at right now is Carson Wentz is not ready, slash he's still kind of inching away. And so they're going to let Foles start the season. It's kind of what I expected already. So to me, it's news, but it's not news that really surprises me. To me, this was the expectation that when I mean those injuries take so long to recover from how late it happened in the year, it, to me it was a, it was a uh, it was inevitable that Nick Foles would be starting off the year. Now, see, I, I disagree. I, I Carson Wentz had a, a week one timetable where where he wanted to be there um, for week one. 
Um, everybody says he's a little pissed off that that uh, he's not going to be work. You know, going to be working in week one. Um, so uh, Sudfield uh, said that he's he's real cranky and he's a competitor. Um, Nate Sudfield was talking about about Wentz. I I believe that Carson Wentz will come back in the middle of this season. I think Nick Foles had such a bad preseason that it's kind of a precursor of what we're going to wind up seeing. This season, to me, you're going to see a disaster unfold in Philadelphia because I believe that Nick Foles is going to play poorly, and I believe Carson Wentz is going to be put in, shoved into that starting position too early, and you're going to see Carson Wentz go down. I don't see this this ending well um, in Philadelphia. I believe you're going to see... Um, you're going to see a, a, a nasty little spat unfold there in Philly, moving see, in. See, I disagree to an extent. Um, Foles was rookie year. It's, it's going to be a rough start of the season, I agree. Yes. But I also think the rest of the division is going to be fairly weak. And I believe that um, the Eagles can afford the slow start and can still have a strong defensive wins and win that division. Even with uh, Alex Smith now over there as the starter in Washington. Who's he going to throw to? Nah, he's still got a good arm. I mean, he didn't really have much to throw to in, in Kansas City for a while. Arm. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to back you up on that. Alex Smith does not have a deep arm. He has, and he's fairly accurate, but he, he, he can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. That, that's why uh, Macklin left the team. Well, I don't know. Not more than 10 yards. That's kind of a stretch, don't okay. you think? Okay, I'm exaggerating. You, you, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I, I, he doesn't have a powerful arm. He's got a good arm. He's got a good arm. He doesn't have a power, superpower arm or anything like that. I think he's got a good arm. I think he's accurate. I think he's going to be the kind of quarterback that, that Washington needs. Cousins has an arm. Cousins has, Cousins has one where he can fire the ball deep, um, and that's great. But I, I think that, that they're going to want to do a lot more checkdowns, kind of the way they do in New England. And, and that's kind of why I think uh, Alex Smith is going to fit in over in uh, Washington better than Cousins did. Now, moving over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, this one, you know, the Le'Veon Bell thing was already kind of ugly. We've been talking about it all, all season long or all off season. Um, we've been talking about the, the uh, potential holdouts and him wanting a long-term deal and whether or not the Steelers could afford him. And now Le'Veon Bell says that he is probably going to be holding out until week 10. Yeah, so, I mean, it... How bad does this affect the Pittsburgh Steelers? We'll start there. See, okay. I'm going to kind of use the Chiefs as a, as a base here. Mm -hmm. um, Bell's been out at least two games every year, no matter the reason. Mm -hmm. Suspension, whatever. And maybe I'm devaluing D'Angelo Williams. Maybe I'm overvaluing Connor. Um, <clears throat> maybe I'm maybe I'm over undervalued off the line. Whatever the case may be, every time Bell has missed in the past, D'Angelo Williams took the ball and rolled with it. Yeah, and and you know, here's one thing. I, I think Le'Veon Bell is a great runner. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Le'Veon Bell is arguably going down as one of the greatest runners of all time. Yes, but what what does Pittsburgh have that allows Le'Veon Bell to be a great runner? He, they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame receiver. But not only that, they have arguably one of the best offensive lines in the game right now. They have spent buku dollars to create the offensive line that they have over there. I mean, sure, you got Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger opening things up, 
<clears throat> but Le'Veon, I mean, he's had the benefit of that offensive line. I believe Le'Veon Bell still performs at a high level no matter where he goes. I, I believe 100%. firmly in that. But I think I think it just goes to show that about, with that line, with them spreading the ball and confusing defenses, that um, an average runner is going to look above average in that system. Right. Now, now we'll, some of the quotes, the, the offensive line over there in Pittsburgh is pretty pretty pissed at all Le'Veon. Um, some of the quotes, uh, I'll read a few. Uh, Ramon Foster says, what do you do? Here's a guy who doesn't give a damn. I guess we'll just treat it as such. I just hate it came to this. My mom died, and I went to a funeral and came to camp the next day. Al Villanueva has seen people die and has come to given given his all to this team. It's a little bit tiresome now. I'm tired of the antics. Um, Marquise Pouncey is apparently just done with Le'Veon Bell's antics. He says, why play hide-and-seek? Why let your agent say this? Just man up and tell us what you're going to do. Um, just absolute irritation on that level. Um, I, I think that Pittsburgh could offer him $30 million a year tomorrow and you can't take it. He's ruined his relationship. I don't know that he's, he's even ruined his relationship. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, let's face the facts, he's worth $23, $24 million a year. Absolutely. I, I think he's on that level. Now, now... An interesting thing about this this whole fiasco is we we heard a report that Pittsburgh potentially can't afford Le'Veon Bell salary cap wise. And, and we talk about this in a previous show. They they can't. They don't do not have the cap. So I mean, do you at that point do you make room for Le'Veon or do you let him walk or do you use him as trade bait? I think it's clear they they do not plan to make room. Right uh, to me at that point you just take the guy and you make the trade bait. Why not? Why not just get rid of the guy? Why not take Le'Veon Bell? Okay, enough is enough. When do you say enough is enough? You got to say, I mean, Todd Gurley got his big contract. Le'Veon clearly wants his big contract. Steelers don't want to give him his contract. They, they have to say, hey, we're not going to get anything for this guy. He's going to wind up playing six games for us. He's not going to give his all. He's going he's gonna to go out there. He's going to show that he's still good enough to be a, a monster and and – and then what? Then what? I mean, then you take the, to me, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you say, all right, guys, Bell's on the block. Who wants him? And there's going to be a lot of teams biting for Le'Veon Bell. And basically what you're, uh, for what you're bidding for is the rights to first dibs to get a Right, and and so you go out and you throw three, you know, and you know there's going to be a lot of teams out there, guys like Cleveland. You're going to have situations like Cleveland where Cleveland goes out and goes, I'll give you three first-rounders for this guy. You know he's going to garner that big money. Pittsburgh needs to put him on the block, cut the crap, put him on the block, and, and get your money for him. You know, get your picks Get your future for your team because your team is aging over there still in Pittsburgh. Get your first round draft picks. Create your future. You can do it with this one guy. I'm sticking. Yep, I think that's that's the big thing. And last but not least, our last news story around the league: Khalil Mack traded from the Oakland Raiders to the the Chicago Bears. Um, winds up signing a six year deal. With the Bears, a just a monster contract. He'll be a Chicago Bear through 2024. 
Um, I mean, monster, monster contract, $34 million signing bonus, $60 million guaranteed at the signing, $90 million guaranteed total. Um, they have a potential out in 2022 um, for, for $90,000,000. I mean, just absolutely insane. Six years, $141 million. So he gets to play out the final year of his Raider contract as a Bear. Uh, he gets $7 million this year. Starting next year, he'll get 11.3. 2020, he gets 13.3. 2021, he gets 17. Uh, 2022, he'll get 12. 2023, he'll get 17, and 2024, he gets $17 million. Um, how big of a move is this for the Chicago Bears? We'll start there. I think the Bears won on this one. Um, hands down, the Bears are a growing team right now. Um, you, you, have, you have Mitch Trubisky. You get the offense that's starting to, starting to be on the rise. You have Jordan Howard, who's still very, very young. Um, and then on the defensive side, they've been struggling for a while. And Khalil Mack is the new centerpiece for this team. This is a huge sign. This is a great sign in trade. This is going to be the uh, the uh, uh, the straw that broke the camel's the straw that helped the camel's back. I should say more more likely is this this is your sort of team, the rise of the Bears. No, and and part of me wants to say you're going to see this rise of the Bears. Here's the thing that that blows my mind about this trade. Um, I, did, I like the signing, but I don't like the trade. And here's why. So Chicago traded away a 2019 first-round draft pick, a 2020 first-round draft pick, a 2019 sixth-round pick, a 2020 third-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2020 fifth-round pick. You traded away two first-rounders, a second-rounder, a third-rounder, a fifth-rounder, and a sixth-rounder to get Khalil Mack until he's age 33. So you're going to get the guy through his prime, and that's fine. And then you went out and you spent $141 million on the guy on top of it. So for the Chicago, do I feel like this was worth it? I think people are excited, and that's good. I think that's, that's an excellent thing. But the Chicago Bears essentially just traded away a, a lot of their future for Khalil Mack at this point, don't you think? Um, let me reword this for you. Would you say all that's worth it for a guy that's going to go down as a, as a top 20 defensive player of all time? Bold I, prediction. I mean, I, I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time if he continues playing the way he's playing. But, I mean, all of that, that's a lot to give up. It is. It, it definitely is. That's a lot to give up. Two first-rounders, a second, and a third is a lot to give up. What if you win two Super Bowls before you tires? If you win, If you win a bowl, it becomes worth it. If you, if you get to a Super Bowl, I think if you, you get to a Super Bowl when you trade for any player, it's worth it. You know, you go out and, and you know, make the move for uh, Eli Manning like the Giants did, and then you win two Super Bowls, it's worth it. If if the if anytime you win a bowl, it, it's a good trade. But I don't know. I mean, I understand the Chicago Bears are on the rise. They have been on the rise um, starting last year when they put uh, Mitch Trubisky in. Um, he was just a uh, he's just a scary addition in himself. But um, Khalil Mack, I think he's going to wind up being one of the greatest linebackers to ever play the game. I I think right now he's easily one of the best linebackers in the game. Um, he's easily top five. 
but when you're when you're talking, fucking linebackers, he's one. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't know that he's one. I, I think there's a there's a lot of great linebackers out there. I don't know that he's one, but he's he's easily top five, probably top three. But he, I mean, trading six picks away just seems like a lot, um, especially when you went out and signed the guy for the the monster contract that you signed him to on top of it. Um, it's just a lot. It's a lot. Um, is is he going to help the Bears for sure? I don't know how the Bears are going to fare cap wise with this. Um, we'll see, but the trade is still nonetheless exciting. Um, the Bears make a huge move; they make a big splash, um, and, and they are in fact on the rise here. So I, I'm I'm pretty stoked um, for the Chicago Bears. I'm not stoked, however, because I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, <laughs> and uh, we know that we have to face those guys twice a year. And uh, by all counts. People are not going to be able to stop Khalil Mack. So uh, with that... Uh, Before you take this to break, oh, oh. I'm going to make you sad. You're going to make me sad. So I am super excited about finally getting to talk about the regular season and, yes. and the, the prediction, the breakdown. And with that, this show, we will not have a Tyler's Top 10. Boo! There's just so much to talk about and so much to do and so much excitement surrounding the regular season. How about this? Fine. Tyler's top 10 on the most exciting things of the day. The regular season, all 10. Boo. <laughs> he, he's okay with the booze. He's just not okay with the music. He, he told me that. Okay. I, I did I did talk to him. So, so there's no Tyler's top 10 today, huh? Not today. Larger than charge and back on it, back and ready to go. It better be. It better be. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and head to break. We will be right back right here on Tob on the Outside Blitz.
Welcome to the 2018 regular season. Oh boy. Who's the excited? The outside blitz is just a small part of this. No, who's like, excited, Tyler? I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. The regular season's here. It's time to get back to the to the NFL, back to the regular season. Let's get back to football. Back to football. Yeah. All the wrongs that happened last season. Yes. Yes. It's like a, it's like hitting New Year's Eve. It's like a brand new year. It's a whole new slate. Yeah. Breeze can forget about or. What's his name? Uh, Vladimir can forget all about the, the Minnesota uh, miracle. Yeah, the Minnesota miracle. That yeah, the Minneapolis miracle. All it really caused was Diggs to get a massive contract. No, I love <laughs> Stefan Diggs. I just if I could hug that guy just so tight, I would. He's such an awesome human being, and I love him. Saints played a better game. Uh, hey, you know what? Minnesota played a better game early in the first half. We'll say first half. Minnesota had that game. Fair. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Now. What we're going to start with here is week one prediction. We're, we're going to start a little head-to-head -head battle here between me and Scott. Yes, it's going to be exciting. We're going to everyone have... loves competitions. And when it comes to me and Scott, I always win. Oh, he's a liar. He's an absolute liar, okay? He, he doesn't always win. Um, it's, it's a very uh, – Tyler and I are very even when it comes to football, believe it or not. It's, it's interesting. We, we have such different takes on things, and we – well. Madden, we have such different play styles, yet, yep. yet somehow we're fairly even. Yes. Except for Madden 18, you have a number. Uh, I, I, well, right until that last Super Bowl. Right until that last Super Bowl, Tyler just kicked the snot out of me. I, I had nothing yeah. after that. I had nothing. But, and then when it comes to NFL, we both have very different opinions. And, but at the same time, uh, we both... And, and that's kind of why we decided to go into a podcast together, because we both have different opinions and we see things from different angles. And the only thing we agree on is purple. Yeah, we, we love the color purple around here. Tyler with Baltimore, me with Minnesota. It's a great time. We're, we just love being being in the color purple. And, and normally me and Scott will argue for, for days on just anything, but the second anyone comes in that say Vikings and Baltimore are the same color purple, it's, it's a 2 on one beat. Yeah, it's, it's a, completely different. Very different purple. Very, very different. I love purple, but, but it's very Vi different. Viking purple is very stupid. Right? Well, hey, wait a minute. Now, now you have like the toilet, of, toilet water <laughs> of purple. And my Vikings have a beautiful, glorious royal purple, so that's that's just the way it is. I mean, you you, you like having that that dark, sad purple. You can go ahead and have it. I mean, that's well, that's after all what what your new starting quarterback is or your new first round well, draft pick. Sad, you mentioned, you mentioned sad. You got to remember where um, the Ravens team was created from. That's uh, the uh, lo the local uh, very famous poet and then uh, Allen Poe um, in his poetry. And and Tyler is sad and depressing, like Edgar Allan Poe. But anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, week one, we're going in. We, we've got a, a huge, huge week. We've got some good football. We've got some good games. You know, and, and going through week one here, Tyler and I, we're going we're gonna to go over our week one predictions at the end of the season. We're going to dare to compare it. We're going to see who is the better um, uh, predictor, I guess you could say. Um, we're going to see who is better at predicting these games. We're going to take a total record of all of them. And we are going to total it up and see who who is our reigning champion. Um, and and I'm hoping the, the hope here is that we can get uh, Josh and Dylan to jump on and uh, get involved with this too. I mean, I know we we've missed Dylan for the last two weeks. We we've missed um, Josh for the last several Josh weeks. Is in Iowa. Yeah, Josh is in Iowa, man. I I miss Josh, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna have Josh and Dylan jump in, give their predictions. When they're here, they'll be able to jump in and give the predictions live. Like, well, not live, but recorded like we have been. Um, so th that'll be a good time. 
So moving into week one, Tyler, we are opening the season tomorrow night, live, 8.20 p.m. The Falcons, the Atlanta, hot Atlanta Falcons, take on the reigning, defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday night football for the season opener. Um, and we'll, we'll keep things clear because I don't trust Scott not to take my picks. No. Um, so every game will kind of alternate. Um, one game, Scott will give his prediction first. One game, I'll give my prediction first. Yes. Did you jump the gun and took my segment? Well, excuse um, me. You need to calm down. You go ahead and start. You get, you get the first prediction. I'll right? give the first prediction. I'm going with the Hotland of Falcons. I am also going with the Falcons. I'm, uh, for many reasons like we talked about earlier in full start of the season, Falcons are going to come out with yeah, I think they're coming out and win. I, I don't think Foles, I think this this beginning um, trend for Nick Foles is going to be very rough. He looked bad in the preseason. I don't think he's going to look any better going into the regular season. I think the Eagles are in trouble. I think the Falcons take this game. Um, just It's going to be kind of one of those land, landslide type of games. Um, Matt Ryan's going to have a field day with that, with his arm and that nice new contract he's got going on. Going into Sunday, we have the Bengals at the Colts. Oh, the Bungles. The Bungles. Yes, the Bungles and the Colts, who, who just have looked equally as bad. Um, Tyler? I'm going the Colts. That's where I'm headed. Um, I, I think the, the Bengals are um, – I think the Colts pick up a good win with Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck is going to look clean. He's going to look very strong. I believe um, Luck will have a strong start of the season, but the rest of the season it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, he's going to probably taper off moving forward. Um, next up, the uh, the Ravens and the Bills. Nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. This is on you. What do you want? I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think the Bills have too many quarterback issues over there. Um, it's just way too blatantly obvious. Uh, A.J. McCarron... Um, Got traded. Peterman is the, the starter against a bruising Baltimore defense. This is going to get ugly and quick, fast, and in a hurry. Josh Allen will be the starter before long, but uh, I'm, this one's a no-brainer. I think we're going with the Ravens. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Really? <laughs> really? In um biggest massacre in the season. Really? Um, no, like, the Nate Peterman um, – Announcement. It's a just, debacle. That's what we should just label it at this point. It's a this, debacle. This just uh, solidified the fact that if I wasn't already making Baltimore, which I am, I'm, I'm making Baltimore this one. Um, Baltimore started the season last year with uh, a, a shutout. I believe yep. it's possible we could be doing the same thing. Yes. Start the season off with a shutout. Uh, I think they do. I, I, I think there's a, a high likelihood of that. I mean, the Bills just look rough. Just look rough right now. Nate, just Nate just, Peterman's going to come out and have to have to face a. Uh, <coughs> not, not talking a good defense. You're talking a uh, very, uh, very elite defense. Yeah, you're talking top ten, top five defense here. You're you're talking top of the league. I think Baltimore is just going to hammer poor Nate Peterman. This guy doesn't know what he's getting himself poor into. Kid. Yeah, yeah, poor guy. I I just I feel bad for him at this point. Buccaneers at the Saints. Tyler. Uh, the, the Drew Brees. Drew Brees, New Orleans, I'm going with the same thing. Uh, Brees is, is um, he's a, a nasty, nasty quarterback. He's got so many weapons over there. Their defense is just revamped. But, uh, the Bucs, I mean, they really, in truth, they lost pieces over the, the summer. Um, I don't think this is a, a tough one. New Orleans Saints all day. 
We'll also keep in mind that their starting quarterback is out for the first four weeks. Yes, so this, no Jameis Winston. Like the last one, this is going to get ugly. Yes. Now, yeah. Patriots and Texans. Um, so I, I want to say this one's going to get ugly. I, I, I do. Um, I don't think it's going to be ugly. I, I don't think it's going to be real ugly. This could be your game of the week. Uh, it, it could very well be. There's a lot of one-sided affairs, especially in, in the early weeks. Um, but in this one, I'm actually going to go with Houston. Wow. I'm, I'm going to go with Houston. I think, the stage early. <clears throat> I think Deshaun comes out and uh, lights the world on fire. I think Tom Brady doesn't know what hit him. Uh, Houston still has a pretty viable defense over there. Um, pretty, yep, pretty strong pass rush over there. I think Tom Brady gets beat up by that Houston defense. I think Watson comes out and starts chucking the ball around. I think Houston upsets the Patriots in this one. No, I, I think that Houston's going to be a team player. I think Watson's going to come out and, and he's going to ball it out. I just don't think it's going to be week one. I really? Think, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a slow return and come off his injury. They had a really pretty gruesome injury. But I, I, I like Watson. I think he's going to come out and have a strong season. It's, 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 you're just not going to have a strong week one. Wow. So I'm going to go with Patriots as much as I despise that. <laughs> I mean, everybody hates the Patriots. And Patriots are still going to be a very good team. I mean, you're talking the uh, the reigning, defending AFC champions um, look look good doing it. They're they're going to continue having this season. Right, I I agree. 49ers at Vikings. Ooh boy, uh, live from US Bank Stadium. Um, this is my pick. I mean, not that you're going to change your mind anyway because I'm going to be picking. Um, I'm going Vikings. That's where I'm headed. Uh, I think Minnesota pulls this one out. I think the Jimmy G, Jimmy G train kind of comes to a halt in Minnesota. I don't think that defense from Minnesota is going to really let up. Um, there's just too many high-powered guys there. Anthony Barr's got something to prove. Kendricks has a brand-new contract. Um, you still got Xavier Rhodes over there. You're going to see a few big moves by Jimmy G, I think, and he's going to be targeting certain guys. You're going to see uh, Mike Hughes getting targeted a lot. They're going to see what he's got. You're going to see Trey Wayne's targeted a little bit. You're going to see what he's got. You're going to see Mackenzie Alexander targeted a lot. You're going to see what he's got. You're going to see um, uh, uh, Jimmy G target those corners um, and target the receivers that are tagged to those corners because they, he's going to want to find that mismatch. Um, but I think ultimately the Vikings, Kirk Cousins is going to come out. He's going to have a strong week one. He's going to show away he got signed with that long-term contract. And I think Delvin Cook is going to have a big game too. Um, returning to that team. The Niners don't have a very strong rush defense, and that's where I think Minnesota will excel, especially under Mike Zimmer's system. Well, it's almost like you're a Viking fan or something. <laughs> no, I just I, I know my team, and I know the guys that they're taking on. I've looked at this game, and that's where I honestly think they're going to excel. Um, I think Richard Sherman could cause some problems for Kirk Cousins um, because Richard Sherman, you know, he, he does have a chip on his shoulder after leaving Seattle, but ultimately I think the Vikings pull this one out. And I'm right there with you. <coughs> All right, now, Scott. let me see here. Titans and Dolphins. Um, this one, I'm going Tennessee. I am also going Tennessee. I think Derrick Henry has himself a game. I don't think Mariota's anything spectacular. Um, Titans defense, they, they did add Butler in the offseason, uh, which was a big addition. But... Uh, and I think that's going to cause all kind of problems for, for the Dolphins. And the Dolphins' offense is just kind of stagnant over there. Titans are a rising team, in my opinion. They're, <clears> they're a team that could eventually be the, the division leaders of, this, of, this, uh, of that division. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not yet, but it's a team that can. And I think Miami's going in the wrong direction. They lost their um, star receiver in 
guy I really like in Jarvis Landry. Yes. And that's going to really hurt. I mean, Tannehill's coming back. Used to having him, and he's not going to have him anymore. And the work, to me, the running game is also kind of sketchy as well. It's, it's, to me, this is a one-sided affair. Yeah, they're, they're, the Dolphins just don't have enough pieces at this point in time to, to really call themselves a viable football team. They're looking at being on the uh, once again on the bottom of the NFL here. Jacksonville at Giants. Ooh, now this I'm I'm going Jacksonville here. And obviously, and, and let me uh, let me let me, take, let me say this here. Um, this is going to be a good game for Barkley, and I don't mean like uh, going to break two hundred something. I mean this is a game where he's going to. It would be a good starting showing, I think. I mean, you're, you're facing the, the best defense in the league. Um, as far as sacks and that, that rush defense just is, is overbearing. Um, this is going to be Barkley's opportunity to, like, this is what a elite defense looks like. I think <coughs> in his first game, Barkley gets rocked. I, I think so. I, I think not only does he get rocked, I think Eli Manning um, really reminds us why Eli Manning <clears throat> has has always had that bad reputation for throwing wild balls every now and then. I think you're going to see uh, that loud mouth. I, I don't like his mouth, but I like his gameplay. Jalen Rams is going to come up and pick him off quite a few times. Um, I, I say the Giants just get, get spanked in this game. You're going to see Jacksonville just romp over the Giants here, no doubt about it. And I'm right there with you. What do you got next, guys? Uh, Steelers and Browns. Yeehaw. Um, this one's kind of an interesting one because immediately your mind goes Pittsburgh. Um, and, and everybody wants to pick Pittsburgh, and I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in this one. But everybody wants to go Pittsburgh. Main reason being, uh, obviously, Big Ben Roethlisberger and, and all the weapons they have. We have to understand that the Cleveland Browns could very well not be pushovers come this season. Okay, being the uh, AFC North uh, veteran here, this is what I'm going to say. First of all, it's week one. If there's any chance for an upset, week one is high on the list. Really? You, you think Baker Mayfield is going to come out well, and just set the world in, on fire? In general, in general, I mean, the league season's just started. For any team, if, if you're going to get upset... Week one's a strong possibility because you know, teams are still kind of getting prepared. And, mm, right. And I'm going to say this on the Browns. Despite going 0 16 last year, 1 15 year prior, and everything done before that, the Browns always play the division tough. Yes, always. always. They, they seem to always, have, especially when they're taking on Baltimore. I, I remember last year there was just a, a trampling in the first quarter and the second quarter. Against Baltimore, just Cleveland just stomping all over Baltimore. And then Baltimore woke up. Yep, they woke but, up and they came back to win. That's, but a, normal, it was like, that's wow. a normal trend here. I mean, Cleveland plays the division really hard for whatever reason. And, if they play that hard against everybody, they'd be a lot better team than that. And, and that's why this game was somewhat hard to, to pick. I, I almost went Cleveland because because of the way Pittsburgh plays ball, and, and the way, or the way that Cleveland rather plays ball against the division. It almost it's it, and especially with all the pieces they added, you almost can't discount the Cleveland Browns anymore. And I and I'm even wrapping in the whole Bell situation in this. Right. I mean, there's going to be distraction there, but despite me putting all those butts out there, mm -hmm. I think I think I'm playing it safe. 
I think Pittsburgh comes in. Yes, I think Pittsburgh comes in and, and takes control of that situation. Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs at Chargers. Um, I am going Chargers in this one. The Chargers won six the last seven of the season. I, Chargers are a better team than we give them credit for. We talked about it. Yes. Rivers is a way better quarterback than anybody gives them credit for. Right. I think Chargers kind of have it figured out right now. I, I, I think Chargers win this game. I'm kind of with you there. Um, but uh, I... I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Chargers. Um, I'm going to give a big butt here, though, and and the big butt is Mahomes. How does Patrick Mahomes play, and and how does he play with with the volley of starters? We can't discount the talent that they have on the the Kansas City Chiefs side of the football. We have to remember they had a rushing with the rushing leader over there last year. We can't forget that they still have viable receiving targets. We can't forget that there are weapons there that can get awfully scary. I want to see what Patrick Mahomes does in a big game situation. Could the Chiefs win this game? Yes. Do I think L.A. wins this game? Yes. So, I mean, this one will get very, very interesting. Yep, and I'm right there with you. Chief, Chief, if Mahomes can get the job done, then, I mean, I could be completely wrong with the Chiefs. Right. But I, I'm going to go by, I'm going to say safe on this one. I think this could be rough. Yeah, I, I think it could be. What do you got, Scott? For me, it's the Cowboys versus the Panthers, Sunday at 425. I am going with Carolina. I'm going with the Panthers over the Cowboys. I think uh, Cam Newton is just going to slaughter the Cowboys. Um, Dak Prescott is running into all kinds of uh, accuracy issues. Cam Newton is, is, what, two years removed from being an MVP? I, I think we're, we're talking Cam Newton. I think we're talking Carolina. Um I think Cam Newton lacks a degree of weaponry, but this is going to be a great proving ground for Christian McCaffrey. I think the one thing that keeps the Cowboys in this game is Ezekiel Elliott, um, and, and Zeke will be the, the one thing that really, really keeps the Cowboys moving forward in this game. And the, the struggle here for me is the new number one in, in Dallas is Alan Hearns. I like Alan Hearns, but Alan Hearns is not in, in your prime Des Bryant. Right. I think this is going to be a struggle for the Dallas Cowboys. This could, this game could be tough. They're going to rely heavily on Ezekiel Elliott, and and with that reason, I'm going to <coughs> Cam Newton has proven to be a very good quarterback. That defense is still very good. They, uh, um, unless I'm completely, um, they got the they got the new receiver there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I DJ, get, I get them mixed up. DJ, yeah, DJ is the one in Carol in Carolina, mm-hmm. and uh, Calvin's in Atlanta. Yes. Um, so I, I think uh, with uh, what they got building there, DJ could throw and be number one there, and I, I think Carolina's going to get the job done here. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, this one could be tough. It, it's actually going to. This one's going to be a tough pick. This uh, this one that you're you're about to throw out here. Redskins at Cardinals. Ooh, at Cardinals. At Cardinals. We got to we got to bear that. Yeah. I mean, in close games, I'm sorry. Um, who's home does matter. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, and I'm going Redskins. Mm. Um, do, let me back up. Do we, do we know what the starter is of, of, of uh, Car- Cardinals? Did they announce for sure that Bradford should be the starter? Uh, I think even someone go Redskins. Like Alex Smith is a, is a good, good veteran. Sam Bradford has been named the starter. Okay. 
I'm still going to stick with, with the Reds <coughs> on this one. I, I think, obviously, I believe that Rosen will take that job because Bradford can't stay healthy. Mm. But uh, I, I think uh, Alex Smith is a good enough game manager. He's going to take this new team and he's going to get the job done at least this week and the uh, Reds can get the win. I'm going to go the opposite route. I'm going to take Arizona here. And um, if history is any indicator of, of the way Sam Bradford plays football, um, last season we saw Sam Bradford come out in week one and light the New Orleans Saints on fire um, and, and then pee on them to put them out. Um, that's, that's what we saw Sam Bradford do in week one of the season last year. And, and granted, that was the only game that Sam Bradford really played. Um, but what we got to see out of Sam Bradford in that game was great football. Sam Bradford has shown that when healthy, Sam Bradford is a good starting quarterback in this league. I think Sam Bradford goes down with injury in this year uh, like normal. I think Josh Rosen comes in and takes the starting position. I agree with you. But I think week one, you're going to see the Arizona Cardinals light up the Washington Redskins. You're going to see Larry Fitzgerald have himself a hell of a game. And and you're going to see David Johnson have himself a hell of a game. I believe firmly then, and it's like you also said, it's going to be a close one. But I think home field advantage does make a difference here. Arizona all the way over the Washington Redskins. All right. Two differences. Yes. Now, um, coming in hot, I'm going to say the uh, Seahawks and the Broncos coming up next. keep in mind, this is 2018, not 2015. Yes, we we do have to bear that in mind. Um, With that being said, I am still going with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I I think that that Russell Wilson is going to, uh, in in this, to me, it's going to be kind of a, a war of offenses more so than a war of defenses because... The Broncos don't have an offense. Russell Wilson doesn't have much on offense. Um, you know, he, he's got a few receiving weapons, but the problem with the Broncos is they have nobody special to deliver the football, and, and that's my big problem there. I believe Case Keenum struggles in his first uh, Broncos regular season debut here. You know what's sad? What's that? Um, if you combine these teams, just kind of work. Like 2015, you had Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson, hot, hot, hot. but now if you combine this team, you still have to my opinion. I, I still love Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson is is a great quarterback. I mean, so he, imagine Russell Wilson having Demarius Thomas in in uh, Sanders. Yeah, I mean, if you switch quarterbacks, I mean, Russell Wilson turns into a monster. Not, That's granted. Great. I I do like Doug Martin, but Doug Martin to me is not a one. No, he's well. I don't know. I, I think Doug Martin's a one. I think if Doug Martin's healthy, he's a one. I mean, he he is a hell of a running back. Um, same time, you know, I, I I think I think Seattle needs needs some oomph here. It's going to be battle of the offenses. Seattle's lost so many parts on defense. The Broncos have a great defense, um, sort of at this point. I mean, it's not the same defense we've seen over the course of the years, but they have a good defense. They did get Chubb. Um, I mean, I'm going Seattle here. I think Russell Wilson pulls it out. Um, I think barely because Case Keenum won't be able to to live up to him, his end of the bargain. See, I'm I'm doing what you did the last game. Um, I think this is a battle of defenses. I think Seattle is on their way out and have still have a very good defense. I think the overbearing defense of of a top five, six defense in the Broncos and the home field advantage takes this one. Really? I'm going to go Broncos. Case Keenum, you think he gets it done, though? Barely. I Barely. do not like Case Keenum, but 
Keenan Cruz played good enough with a very defense. Well, I don't, I don't know about all that. I think Keenum has proved that he can play in a system, um, and and he's a Pat Shermer kind of guy, and and the only place that Case Keenum was going to be successful was New York with Pat Shermer, um, and I believe firmly that that Case Keenum struggles, 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 and that struggle will continue all throughout the season. He will not beat Seattle. Bears at Packers. Bears and Packers. Ooh. In Green Bay, we're in Lambeau. Yes, we're in Lambeau and. It does make things difficult. Um, it changed the whole landscape of this whole thing because we, we had gone through our season predictor and, and we went through the whole thing and, and you know, th- this was, I think Khalil Mack really shook this game up pretty harshly. I'm playing it safe. Green Bay. Green Bay, okay. Well, I'm going the opposite route. I think the Bears. Um... The Bears, and, and the main reason is that Khalil Mack move. I think that, that Khalil Mack makes things a million times more difficult for Green Bay. Green Bay can't block Khalil Mack. They, can't, they, can, they won't be able to stop him. Khalil Mack is such a great pass rusher that Aaron Rodgers is going to be running for his life. He's terrified. Uh, uh, that Anthony Barr injury, I mean, uh, we love, I know you love Aaron Rodgers. And I know we both believe that Aaron Rodgers is the first ballot Hall of Famer. And that's wonderful. But I believe that Khalil Mack terrifies Aaron Rodgers. And it's even bad when you have the offensive lineman of the Green Bay Packers saying, and I quote, there is nobody on our line that can stop Khalil Mack. I think Mack terrorizes Aaron Rodgers during this game. I think the fans in Lambeau are stunned when the Green Bay Packers get destroyed by the Bears. And it's not just going to be like, hey, this is a close game. I think the Bears win by double digits. Wow. Yep. I'm going that far. Wow. Yes. Just wow. And and it's going to be a defensive battle there too. I mean, I I think I think the I don't I'm not going to say defensive battle. I think it's going to be the Bears defense is it's going to keep them in that game uh winning by the double digits. I think Aaron Rodgers gets shut gets shut down. All right. Now, yes. Now in Detroit, um I'm going to cut you off real quick. Okay. Um and I know we've talked about it, and I'm sure you remember, but uh, just for all you guys, uh, um, our recording next week, we took the bear recording Wednesdays. So yes. Next week's going to be dicey. Yeah, with, a little uh, bit. Um, the schedule is going to be a little rough. So what we're going to do, in the background, on mute, we will have, in, in this case, it will be the Jets and the Lions game, probably right at the beginning of it, and, uh, we'll be, and as we're finishing up, Finishing up will be the Rams Raiders. Yep. Um, we're going to be doing a recording while the game is in the background, so we'll talk about week two while also keeping an eye on those two games. Yes. So um, those two will be up in the air, so we'll add those to the total when it comes to mine, Scott's bet, but we'll also be just kind of keeping an eye on it and talking about the game stats as things happen, too. So uh, with that, we're going to have to do a uh, in the middle of the game. Typically, we want to have all week one done. We'll we'll be watching those games on Monday night as they as they play through and, and we'll be kind of tallying up our scores. Also, we'll we'll be uh, giving the final scores of those games uh, kind of live, really in a way. Uh, I mean, we likely won't be doing the final score of the Raiders. Raiders, the Raiders yeah, games. That's going to be a late one. Pretty late. West Coast, baby. Yeah. So um, Jets Lions, go ahead. Jets Lions. Um, I think this one's a no brainer. I think Sam Darnold does okay in his debut, but the, I think I'm calling the Detroit Lions here. Um, people are talking Sam Darnold. People are saying Sam Darnold. I'm talking Detroit Lions. 
I, I'm not a big Lions guy. You know I hate the Detroit Lions um, as a Vikings fan. That said, I think the Lions run away with this one. Um, Matt Stafford's going to have himself a game in this one, I believe. Sam Darnold's going to have a rude awakening in this game because the Lions have a fairly good defense, and I think it's, they're going to they're going to challenge Darnold. And Darnold is going to struggle in playing a more a playing a pro game. Um, I think Darnold has has all the capability to get the quarterback, but it doesn't start now. And, and He's going to have a rough season. One one thing we're going to see from Sam Darnold about this game is is we're going to see whether or not Sam Darnold can exploit weaknesses in the Detroit Lions game. The Detroit Lions have a, a new defensive or a new head coach that was a former defensive coordinator with New England. And in New England is notorious for having kind of I'm, I'm not going to say consistently top ten because they weren't, but New England kind of had some years they had a 21 overall defense and some years they had a nine overall defense. So you, you never knew what you're going to get on New England. Now with their new head coach here, with with the uh, the defense here, the one the one big um, uh, weakness when it comes to Detroit seems to be in their linebacker position, and I want to see whether or not Sam Darnold is going to be able to exploit that with the drag routes and whatnot. That's going to be the interesting question. Sam Darnold, I believe, um, could exploit those. I, I don't think he has a rude awakening, like you say. I think the Lions are going to wind up you know, having their hands full with Sam Darnold, kind of the same way that Minnesota had their hands full with, uh, with Trubisky last year. But the Lions are going to win this game. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a good one. Though. I think it's going to be actually a lot more exciting than people expect. And last but not least, the late one, Rams at Raiders. Rams at Raiders. I mean, is it really at at this point? I mean, re realistically. I mean, aren't they both playing in the same place? Scott. Are, are they? Are, oh, well, 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 the Raiders are still in Oakland, aren't they? Yes. But, but, but where the hell are the yellow... Uh, I don't know where these fucking guys are anymore. I'm going to be honest. LA Rams. LA Rams. Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders, the LA Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, the, 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 the Rams, the Las Vegas the Chargers. You're just, you're just losing your mind. I, I am. Well, well the, the Chargers, Raiders, Rams situation, you got to understand that, that, that at my age here, Okay, and and I'm I, my day, back in one LA team. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just the fact that okay, the the Rams and Raiders have moved so freaking much throughout the entire time. I mean, LA Rams moved to St. Louis. The the LA Raiders moved to Oakland. I mean, it's just like what the hell? And then the Chargers they throw me a curveball and say, "Oh, the San Diego Chargers moving to LA." It's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, like somebody pick a city, for Christ's sake. Like, I don't understand. I, I, was, I got so used to calling the Rams the St. Louis Rams for the longest time, and then they decided to move back to L.A. And, or, and, then, and then the Raiders, I got so used to calling the Oakland Raiders for the last decade, and then they go, oh, we're going to move over to Vegas. Like, get your life together. And then the Chargers, I got so used to calling the San Diego Chargers, and now oh, we're moving to L.A. Get your life together. And then they put a crappy logo along with it, which just drove me crazy. Um, but I guess that's neither here nor there. But anyway, Tyler, continue. There's my rant about the, the team moves. Somebody needs a nap. I do. I, I do. I need a beer and a nap. Uh, I like the Raiders. We talk about this. I like their car a lot. But not against the Rams. No, I don't the think we Rams like just about anybody against the Rams. one of those dominant teams this year. They showed it last year. They had a, a uh, very surprisingly <coughs> bad playoff game. 
Yep. Against 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 your Vikings. Uh, yep. But uh, the Rams um, win this game, and especially losing Cleo Mack. Um, Oakland's defense makes Derek Carr look like a rock star, and then the Rams' defense is already pretty legendary. Just uh, decimate the offense. Rams will win the landslide. Wow. Um, I'm going the same way. Uh, I I don't think anybody. Um, I don't think anybody. Uh, tops the Rams in this situation. Um, the Rams last season, uh, uh, really, they, they were a great team last season. I, I mean, I'm not going to say great, but they were a very good team last year. A little stagnant on the offensive side of the ball every now and then. And then they would come out, you know, swinging. Um, I think the Rams are going to be scary. I think that they are the arguably the most scary team in the NFC. Um, I think the Rams dominate the Raiders in this game, and without Khalil Mack, I don't think there's much to stop them. To be honest with you, I just no. There, there's like, not much to really stop the LA Rams like, here. Like this game has the making of starting the season to prove my my very early bold prediction of Jared Goff being the MVP. Jared Goff is looking like the MVP of this game. Oakland has nothing to stop him. Right. Um. It, it just. It's surprising um, to see the the the, uh, the Rams. It was surprising to see them lose in the playoffs to Atlanta. Um, it was, and now it's going to be surprising if they lose at all this season. I, I mean, the Rams, honest to God, look like a team that that could go sixteen and zero this year. Sound like you're uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, well, not, not a little bit, but they they honest to God look like a team that can go sixteen and zero. They dominate the Raiders. I don't. I don't know if it, if if it equates yet to Goff being an MVP guy because he's going to be taking on a Raiders defense that really doesn't have much. But um, ultimately, I mean, we know this: the Rams dominate Raiders in this game. And I totally agree. With that, we're going to take a quick break, and we have a very special main event. Something that me and Scott are looking forward to doing since episode one. Not the regular seasons here. It's time for season predictions. Oh, Lord. It's happening. Coming up right here on top. This episode of the Outside Blitz is brought to you by Jordan J. Scavone, children's book author extraordinaire. Jordan has two books available currently. Mighty is about a four-year-old girl with social anxiety starting preschool. In order to overcome her fears of going to school, she becomes a superhero. And Jordan's brand new book, The Mud Princess, is the story of Georgia a girl who defies the looks and ideals of her princess peers. When the other princesses are captured by a dragon, Georgia must decide if she should help those who shunned and mocked her, or if she should save them. Both of Jordan's books are available on Amazon, and you can follow Jordan on Facebook at facebook.com backslash mightebook. Also, check out jordanjscavone.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-J-S-C-A-V-O-N-E dot com for all updates on both books. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am the fabulous one, the Scotty Freytown, uh, here with the um, very tremendous Tyler Dean. Um, and, and we are here live, ready to rock. Um, well, we're not really live. Well, kind of live. Come on. It's, it's just... Don't kill my vibe here, Tyler. So, so um, we've been talking about this since uh, episode one. Really, our our season predictions. We we actually went through this a couple episodes ago. 
um, with uh, with uh, the very jaunty Josh Josh Rigsby here. Um, we miss you, Josh. We uh, hope you come back and visit us soon. Maybe I, I think Tyler ran him off. That's what I think it is. But um, I meant to run you off. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> you never gonna give you up. No, um, we're <laughs> we are um, we went through our, our season predictions, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're just a quick thing here. I'm I'm so stoked. We're on our tenth episode here of uh, the Outside Blitz. I am. 10, 10, 10. Super excited. Thank you, Ty Billinger. I'm super excited to be be on our 10th episode here. That means we've been doing this for at least 10 weeks. Um, and, and you know, even though it's only our 10th episode and we've been kind of working out the kinks of this, it's still been just a kind of an exciting adventure. We've always wanted to do a podcast. Tyler and I have been talking about doing a podcast for what? It's been like two years now we've been talking about doing a podcast. We've known each other for three and for like the last two years. We've been saying, oh, we should do a football podcast. And we finally just... Just nutted up and went and did it. So it's cool to be uh, on episode 10. I've always been really excited about being here. So I'm, I'm just really stoked. I'm going to say this too. Uh, uh, so I know for a fact we have one person that has, that has listened to every episode. No, really. Um, Pete Lapowitz, uh currently in Boston. My yeah. resident New England fan, how delusional he may be in just drinking the just being on the uh, dynasty bandwagon with Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, Pete, I appreciate you uh, listening to every episode. Yes. I appreciate you giving all the feedback and things that you should change and do. And I, and I, I've, shared, I've uh, shared that with Scott as we go along. Yeah. I, I got a new mic just for you, Pete. Well, not just for you, for Scott. Well, it, yeah, it's also for me. I mean, Tyler, Tyler kind of follows suit with, with me. I got this special microphone here, this... Uh, Special edition microphone, and, and, my, and but mine looks sexier. Yeah, I you know what I got the special edition black one because I really liked it. Tyler got the the uh, regular the regular silver one because oh. Tyler's very regular. But um, no, no, we 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 went out and, and decided to do a podcast. Um, you said his name was Pete, isn't it? Yep, Pete. Thank you for listening. I, I really I really appreciate you. you you know, listening He's the one that makes you have a good radio voice. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, not so much this week. It's been a little raspy. I, I think I'm. I think I've worked through it all right. I, I don't think it's been too bad. Um, I, I wish it was better uh, than than uh, what it is. But hey, what can you do? But you know, for all the people out there listening, thank you so much for listening to us so far. We're going to keep improving. We're going to keep changing things. We're going to keep getting things better. So I, we just wanted to. I, I wanted to take a quick second to just. You know, ex- extend a, a degree of thanks to our, our loyal listeners out there. Say hello to our new listeners. Hopefully, y'all are enjoying the show. Um, and, and like I said, there's going to be things that, that change in the future we're going to be learning. This has all been a, a very interesting learning experience for us. Um, you know, two guys that, that really have no experience doing a podcast. Um, so so this has been a, a fun one. Um, and also a special thanks to uh, Jordan Scavone, our, our executive producer. He's been doing just an outstanding job. Uh, putting the shows together, uh, taking good care of us, and and you know he did all that with his appendix removed. I mean I think that that says something about uh, the level of uh, producer he is. So special thanks to Jordan as well for for uh, taking good care of us over the course of the last ten episodes. So um, with that, um, Tyler, man, we got our our season predictions. And for, for those of you who never used this site before, I, I came across it, and this, this is magical. It is uh, playoffpredictors.com. 
Um, it really helps you. You, you can just kind of go click, click, click on each of the weeks and pick who your winners are and get these track these games where you don't got to go back to the game. It, it kind of made made our lives a hell of a lot easier than what we expected. Oh, yeah. When we knew we had to do this, we both kind of grown. Like, yep, it was like, oh, boy. Time, but yep. Having to circle and go back and see what's going on. But the, the, this this helped, and it kind of... It gave us more time to really digest it and go back through it five, six times. Yep, and including today, three additional times. Yeah, yeah, we we actually did did I did one more. I went I went through it three times, and then and then with all the changes that have been made over the course of the, the off season, um, we 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 got to see uh, um, an interesting uh, uh, little change uh, come about our our predictions here. Um, so I'm actually uh, uh, pretty excited for this. I feel very happy with with my choices that that I've made anyway um and uh, Can we start with the NFC? you really want to start with the NFC yeah you you want to save your your ASC for last huh yeah oh okay just because you like Baltimore well that's fine because that means we get to open up with the NFC North which is the home of Detroit Lions no not the lie downs we're talking about my what about the Chicago Bears. No, we're talking about the Minnesota Green Bay Packers. We're talking no, we're talking about the best team, and we saved the best for last. My Minnesota Vikings, skull, skull, skull. Now, this division is going to be actually, believe it or not, a very competitive division this year. And I agree. And all of this division, um, they they all have really tough schedules. I don't know if anybody noticed that the NFC North has a very very tough run of things. Both um both north divisions have a very rough schedule. Yeah, very um very tough schedules. Um, this year I don't think much changes in terms of who wins the division. <laughs> no, no, I think the Minnesota Vikings take this division. I have them going thirteen and three. They will make the playoffs. They'll be the number three seed in the NFC. Um, going thirteen and three. Interesting. And and that's and it's interesting that they're thirteen and three taking the number three seed. That says something about the the strength of the NFC. Um, oh, absolutely. Now now seventh overall in that in that uh, in the NFC, just narrowly missing the playoffs, going second in the division. I got the Chicago Bears, eleven and five. Um, I think the Bears have a tremendous turnaround. I think the addition of Khalil Mack is huge. I think they're on the upswing. I think Trubisky has himself a hell of a year. I think the Chicago Bears really run away and, and go eleven and five. And then and you know, taking the ninth and tenth spot of the NFC, rounding out the division. I, I have Green Bay and the Lions tying at eight and eight, but technically the Green Bay Packers will be third, the Lions will be fourth, but it will technically be a tie, them go both going eight and eight, two and four in the division. Um, and, and they'll obviously miss the playoffs in that situation. So here's what I got. Vikings win the division at 14-2. and two. I've, I've been saying Ooh. for 10 episodes now that Vikings are going to be very dominant. They've only improved offensively going from Keenan to Cousins. And you're going to you're gonna see that um, showcase on the field. Mm-hmm. So Vikings go 14-2 and two in number two seed. They get the bye. Wow. The rest of the division, 7-8-9, if you're talking about conference record, right? the 7th, 8th, ninth. All three tie. Wow. I still have this being a very competitive. <clears throat> I have all three tied at seven. Wow, narrowly missing the playoffs. So in a way we're we're very similar. Yes. Yeah. You got you got Bears eleven and five and they are two eight and eight. So I mean they're 
in a way, it kind of averages to be the same. -ish. Yeah, and and really, I've got them going seven, nine, and ten. So I mean, we we basically have the three of them just narrowly right outside that playoff mark. Yeah, but I do have like I do have nine nine wins being three games shy of the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Yes, which is, I mean, t like, again, tells you about the dominance of the NFC um, moving forward. Um, I, I think the NFC right now is just, like for many years, we got to see the AFC just so strong oh, yeah. and so dominant. You got to see, you know, New England and Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore and, and, and just all these NFC. You got to see Denver and, I mean, just NFC powerhouses just coming out of the woodwork and just hammering people. And now you're seeing really the AFC on the downturn, and uh, I'm going to say AFC's been on the downturn. I think I think they've actually turned around. They're actually back in the upturn. Um, while the NFC is still stronger, there's the AFC is starting to really turn things around. Now. And now, and I'll kind of go into more detail on that side. But, mm -hmm. Now, but it's the south. moving forward to the south, this division, the division in football. this is the toughest, most strong division yes, in football. Yeah, as far as it's strength, the strongest, yeah. and and. Here's the interesting thing about this. You have three teams in this division right now that I have all three of them making the playoffs. Um, and the number one seed, and this one's going to blow your mind, Tyler. Did you say number one seed? The number one seed in the NFC. This one's going to blow your mind. Are you ready for it? Oh, boy. The Carolina Panthers will be 15-1 and one this season. I am here to blow your mind. Go, go on with the rest of the division. Now, uh, no, I've got the New Orleans Saints going 13-3. and three. They'll be the number five seed. And I've got the Atlanta Falcons going 13-3. and three. They'll be the number six seed in the NFC. But I believe that the Carolina Panthers will be the number one seed in the NFC. And, and a lot of that is based on their, their um, division strength. I think the Carolina Panthers, I mean, realistically – the only other route this will go is if the Carolina Panthers split with the Atlanta Falcons and, and wind up in a 14-2 and two situation. And then even then, Carolina winds up in the number one spot. Um, you know, potentially, the, the, realistically, they could be in the number two spot at that point. Um, and, and that's kind of a spoiler for later. But I, I believe that, that Carolina takes that number one spot. Um, what about the Bucks? The Bucks go a measly five and eleven. Um, I think they go zero and six in the conference. I just don't think that they can beat Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta. Their their offensive powerhouses based around three great quarterbacks. The Buccaneers are missing their starting quarterback for the first four games of the year. Um, they lost Doug Martin, who who was their star runner for a long time. I believe the Buccaneers just suffer. And uh, I, I don't believe that they're going to go anywhere. Um, but they'll be dead, dead last in that division, 5-11, and 11, um, and they won't win a single in, interdivision game. So I'm noticing a trend here. What's that? Um, so just to kick things fair, I'll uh, do the lead off the AFC this time. Okay. But uh, I, I don't want to think I'm just following suit. I'm sitting here staring at what I got here. And stuff. I also have three teams going to the AFC South. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really shouldn't surprise many people. Well, and all three of these teams did make the playoffs last year. With double-digit wins. Yep. Um, I believe uh, two of them also tied and one was one, one uh, record back. Mm -hmm. Much like how I have this predicted. As the three seed and the division champion, 
winning in a tiebreaker over the Carolina Panthers. Wow. Pan- Panthers will get the five seed and mm-hmm. thirteen and three. Wow. We're at also at thirteen and three. The Atlanta Falcons will get the just the, the squeaker. They'll squeak by and, and win the division at thirteen and three. Wow, you got the Falcons taking the division. And 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 I almost don't like how this is just and, and you know what? That's how the uh tiebreaker works. I think Carolina's a better team. I stand by you on that. Mm-hmm. But tiebreakers are do, do very funny things. Yes. In this case Atlanta gets it. No. Um, and and then I'm, and the Saints will get the number six seed at twelve and four. I'm surprised you have the Saints going lower. I think the Saints are much more dominant than we give them credit for a lot of times. Oh no, absolutely. And I I decided to take the cheap man's way out and I had Atlanta, Carolina, and Saints splitting across the board. Mm-hmm. So And where does that leave the Bucks? <laughs> Now that we gotta we gotta answer that question because you asked me. I thought you were generous. No, where, where does that leave our bucks? Two and fourteen. Ouch! Ouch! The That's rough. Very bottom team in the NFC. Mm. And and I don't have them as the very bottom team in the NFC. But you're gonna you're you thought I was de- generous with the NFC South, the NFC East. I'm not so generous with. Oh boy, here we go. This one is an ugly division, and I'm going to say right now that I have them listed as the worst division in football. All right, I'm going to ask a groundbreaking question. This has been my brother's biggest like thing that he laughs at. Did you know? I can't remember the exact uh, number of years, but I think it's been the last decade. The same team has not won the division two years in a row in like ten years. Well, I have the same team winning the division. So, you, so you think you think that omen breaks this year? I think the omen breaks, but here's the kicker about that omen breaking: this division is going to be so bad, so bad that the Philadelphia Eagles will win the division. We're not we're not talking a uh, Tim Tebow year of uh, losing record, going, are we? Seven and nine, Philadelphia oh, Eagles no. will be the number four seed in the NFC East. They will go seven and nine, and the main reason I say that is because I don't believe in Nick Foles. I believe Nick Foles is very much like Trent Dilfer. He was a flash in the pan. I think Nick Foles tanks this upcoming year. Well, Wentz will be back in, the, in like week three. We don't know that when when Wentz will be back. Everybody, can, you know, we we heard the same the same hoopla about Teddy Bridgewater. We heard the same hoopla about Sam Bradford. We heard all that hoopla. I think Carson Wentz comes in, and I think Carson Wentz craps the bed. He when he's going to come back before he's ready. I think Nick Foles comes in, he craps the bed. But at the same time, if you look at the rest of the division, the rest of the division stinks. It's it's awful. The New York Giants, they're awful. I got them going six and ten. I think I think Washington, uh, they're awful. I got them going five and eleven. And and the Dallas Cowboys, I have going a measly three and thirteen this year. I don't believe in any of those teams. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles take that division. They're going seven and nine, and they're barely going to back their way into the playoffs in the most ugly way humanly possible. And I don't get me wrong, I hope it's not true because I absolutely hate it when the Rams did it. But for the love of God, wasn't the Rams? Well, the Rams did it a few years back, too. And so did the um, Seattle, so did the Broncos. It's a mess. It's a mess, and it shouldn't happen. 
So here we go again with the third straight division. The, the way you ordered them, mm -hmm. I can't change it. It's the same. Wow. But the records are a bit different. I'm sure they would be. The Eagles will win the division, mm -hmm. as and they will be the only team in the league to win the division with a single-digit record. Wow. But but I'm not going to go as far as the losing record. The Eagles will win the division, be number four seed at nine and seven. You really gave them a generous spot, <laughs> just because they're defending the defending champions. I think Doug Peterson is good. I, I just feel I, like there's a soft I think the defense bails them out. Uh, it could be. It could be. I just I see the defense uh, has a lot of injuries right now. The New York Giants will go eight and eight. That's pretty generous, I think. I I, I agree. I I think uh, Barkley helps add dynamic to this team that they they haven't had in New York in a long time. Yeah, I I can definitely get behind that. That's one of the reasons why I said they're going to perform better than the other two. The Washington Redskins will go six and ten. I think Alex Smith is okay. I just don't think Alex Smith has the weapons. Absolutely. That's the problem with Alex Smith. He doesn't have the weapons. They, I mean, they don't have a running back. Darius Geis is no longer on the board, which is garbage. But, you but know, AP's looking good. Yeah, I mean, AP's looking good. But I don't think Washington has enough weapons to really show anything. And the last will be the Dallas Cowboys. No surprise. But I... I, I According to you, I'm being generous. I'm giving them five and eleven. Five and eleven. Wow. Wow. You think Zeke pulls them out of the gutter, huh? But much like New York, Zeke will keep them from losing too many games. Wow. Wow. All right. And going over to the West, um, I don't think this is any surprise. I got the Rams taking the division. Um, Fourteen and two. I've got them going. Um, they'll be the number two seed in the playoffs. Uh, I, I believe firmly that the, the Rams are a strong enough team to just dominate. I think the, the, uh, everybody believed that San Francisco, and, and myself included when we first did this, I believe that San Francisco was going to take that division. Um, and that was without actually going through the schedule and, and really kind of testing the waters. Um, I think the McKinnon thing isn't going to hurt them as bad as we expect. No, um, but uh, San Francisco, I've got them going eleven and five, um, number eight overall in the NFC. I, I mean, I like San Francisco. I think Jimmy G is gonna gonna etch himself a, a legacy over there in San Francisco in due time, and and eventually San Francisco is gonna make the playoffs. They they're starting to get the pieces in place. They got to build around them. They did the right thing. They signed him to a long term deal. But San Francisco, I, I don't think I think they're just narrowly gonna miss eleven and five is where I got them going. Um, then we got Arizona, five and eleven, um, going two and four in the division. I, Sam Bradford injuries. You don't know what you're going to get out of Rosen. I don't think Rosen is prepared to play, uh, um, you know, as a starter in this league. I, I think he he showed that he's decent in the preseason. I don't think he's prepared to be a starter in this league though. And then I got Seattle, the the on the downturn, down in the dumps, Seattle. That's a, a long way removed from 2015. Um, you know, Seattle has a lot of things that they have to do to fix this team. So I got Seattle going 3-13. They're going to be dead last um, in that division. Uh, in the Rams, I mean, they take that division with, with I, I mean, relative ease outside of San Francisco kind of nipping at their heels there. So I got the Rams 
is the number one seed in the NFC. Wow. The number one team in the NFL. Wow. At 15 and 1. And, and one thing I want to point out here is there is a real, and, and it was tough to, to actually mark down certain games against the Rams because the Rams have themselves a very, very favorable schedule. And, 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 we, and we talk about this, and, and, and I had that on a couple of cases with the Rams and maybe someone else and maybe uh, other teams I, on the other end. I had a few but, of them like that. I mean, we had, I, it was New Orleans, it was Atlanta, it was Minnesota, it was the Rams. I mean, you had a bunch of them that you can just look and go, wow, you know, what, what are we going to do here? So even on the opposite side of the spectrum, take somebody like uh, Tampa. Mm. Um, I, ref- I refused to make any team undefeated. In any or any team um, unwinnable, Because right. um, I'm sorry, I don't care how bad a team is. There's going to be upsets. You don't. You, um, you're just outrageous and outlandish if you go out of your way to predict an undefeated season or a completely defeated season. Yeah, I, so, I think. I mean, I think those are those are. I don't want to say once lifetime, but it's now twice. But uh, those are very rare scenarios to ever happen. I think it's ballsy to go out there and predict an undefeated season. But on the other end, I think it's it's one of those things where where teams, um, the way the schedule falls, especially in the case of the Rams, it's very very hard to go against them. And and I mean, even when they they take on say Philadelphia, now it's like well all those quarterback questions in Philadelphia. Well, I mean, golly, now if you would have told me last year that the Rams were taking on Philadelphia, I would say Philadelphia would kick the crap out of them. I disagree. Really? I mean, if you would have told me the Rams last year were taking on Minnesota, which they lost to Minnesota, I would have told you Minnesota was going to beat on them, and they did. Um, if you would have told me that the Rams were going to take on the New Orleans Saints last year, I would have said the New Orleans Saints were going to beat on them, and they did. I mean, like the, the New Orleans Saints, uh, or the, the L.A. Rams are, are a good team, and this year they're even better. And I'm over here looking at their schedule going, wow. Wow, their schedule is easy. Oh, oh that's an easy schedule. They can they can prepare for the playoffs rather early in the season. They have they have a tough they have a few tough games, but they're few and far between really. And and they're teams that, honest to God, they can just beat. And and we know they can beat. So continuing in the division, number two in the division will be mm-hmm. So we continue to have a trend here of agreements. Yes. Um. And just, I mean, me and Scott did these completely separate. Yes. Within separate days and just didn't even discuss these at all until we're sitting here right now. Yeah. I got San Fran going eight and eight. Eight and eight? Wow, yeah. that's that's uh, kind of low. I'm surprised. Um, I I believe that uh, Garoppolo will have a good year. Mm-hmm. I think we'll struggle too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think San Fran's on the rise again. They're, they're starting to part with pieces there, are starting to get older. I think within a couple of years they're going to be a playoff team. It's not going to be this year. And I, I think eight and eight. I mean, in one sense, people think that's low because of how Jimmy G did in the last season. But give me a full season, and I'll become a believer. They're they're going to go out there and and put a lot of young parts on that team. Hundred percent. And they're going to be. Uh, young and fast and playoff ready, and they're going to be a, uh, San Francisco starting to look like the, the dynasty of old, and and it's going to be exciting to see. And then third in the division, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, no surprise. Five and eleven. 
That's where I, that's where I had him at. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I think Bradford throws the year. I think Rosen comes in. I think Rosen looks okay. Um, 5'11", it's low. It's not great. But it's I, low, but it's fair. I, I think uh, next season could be a good story, mm-hmm. in how Rosen looks. But it'll be interesting. I think this year's going to be a rough year for the Titans, even mm-hmm. with DJ. Yes. And last in the division will be the uh, phone from Gray Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four and twelve. It reminds me of like nineteen eighty one again. I believe you have a thirteen. Uh, three and thirteen. Three and thirteen. So we're very close. So going to the AFC. What'd you give them? Four and twelve. Four and twelve. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a little more generous, but uh, by a game. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's okay. <laughs> You're just giving some of these guys too much love. So we're gonna go to the AFC. Hmm. Going to the AFC North. Yeah. Hey, you wanted the AFC. This is your ball game, bud. I, I took my NFC. I. You're just very sad about the NFC North, aren't you? The NFC North? The AFC North. The AFC North. I'm not sad. I'm just I'm indifferent because of... You've got your boys missing the playoffs, don't you? So here's the thing. I hate doing this. Oh, boy. But distractions matter. Yes, they do. Distractions matter. Yep. I think Bell is going to be a bigger distraction than people think. Well, could be. The Steeler, it's going to be enough of a distraction. And I had this way different three hours ago. Mm-hmm. I, I had this way different three hours ago. But with the Bell situation, I have the Ravens winning the division. Wow. Yeah, and... and- I don't necessarily think you're wrong there. Um, so, this is under the strong notation that Flacco knows that his days are numbered if he doesn't kick ass. I, and I believe that with most people that, that, that stands true. And, I, and, and the, 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 the law of a desperate man will do desperate things. I think, I think I'm, I'm not saying Flacco's going to go and light the world up like Tom Brady, but I think Flacco's going to play great ball. I think Flacco's going to. He has receiving core needs. I, I think uh, Crabtree, Sneed, and Brown can really help turn things around. Yes. With Alex Collins, then you have the two rookie tight ends. Like this offense has the potential of being really good. And, and I don't say this. And I don't really say that out of a biased standpoint. On paper, this offense has a chance to really turn things around. And I and I'm going to go with that route. And I have the, the Ravens winning the division. Mm-hmm. So when I changed this, I didn't touch Ravens at all. I I, I just modified the series a little bit with some of the games. Um, I have the Ravens finishing at this point with the number four seed mm-hmm. versus where I had them fourth, six, but they're going to be the number four seed of eleven and five, which I'm probably being slightly generous. I'm going to go with eleven and five for Baltimore to four seed. Mm-hmm. Now the Steelers, as much as I want to hate on them, the Steelers are very dominant football team, particularly on offense. The Steelers will continue to get the job done. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to go ten and six with the five seed. Mm-hmm. And the Browns are going to surpass the Bengals. Wow. The Browns are going to go 5 and 11. I think they're on the rise. They still have some, some work to do. They're on the rise. They're going to start getting some good, some good, um, some good ball. And they're going to make some upsets this year. They're going to end up 5 and 11. And the Bengals are going to go last in the division, going 4 and 12. 
Ah, okay. So I'm, I'm going to throw out there that you and I aren't that, that far off. Um, I do have your Baltimore Ravens winning the division of the AFC North. I've got them also going 11-5. and five. Um, I have them going 5-1 and one in the division. Uh, they're going to be the number four seed um, in the AFC. Did, did you have it different before the Bell stuff happened? Um, I, I had it a very different. I had, I had the Steelers actually taking the division, but I think it's going to affect something. But the reason why I'm not... Um, the reason here's the thing. I also have the Steelers going 11 and five, and being in a tie technically with Baltimore, but they're going to go four and two in the division. I have the Steelers taking the number six seed, making the playoffs, and here's why. I'm going to read a statistic to you. Okay, so 32 attempts, 144 yards. It's a pretty good stat line for a running back, don't you think? Yep. Okay. That's the stat line of James Conner from last year, the guy who's going to be taking the starting position in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe that, that he will turn into the second coming of, of the next big running back that they need over there in Pittsburgh, and he's going to eliminate any questions that they had about Le'Veon Bell, about Le'Veon Bell's contract, about him being a big baby. You know, Forget about Le'Veon having no... Contract, no, uh, you know, adult thoughts, no dick. I mean, nobody cares. Le'Veon Bell, at this juncture in time, is an afterthought. I think James Conner takes it. I think James Conner runs with it. I think Le'Veon Bell sits on the bench for the rest of the season for the last six games. I don't think the Steelers play him. I think they say, you know what, Le'Veon? Good luck to you. And I think the Steelers do it out of spite because I think the Steelers have a strong enough running back in James Conner where they don't have to think about Le'Veon Bell. James Conner will be a big-time rusher this year. James Conner will break 1,000 yards as long as he stays healthy this year. And, wow. and um, now the Cleveland Browns will go third in the division. I've got them going seven and nine. Maybe a little more generous than I was. I, I was very generous in the situation, and here's the kicker about that. You want to hear the, the absolute kicker about the Cleveland Browns going 7-9? and nine? Yeah. They'll actually go 3-3 three and three in the division, and I've got them going the eighth overall in the AFC. That, to me, tells you that the Cleveland Browns are going to be the real thing. That This isn't a pony show. I, I don't necessarily believe in Baker Mayfield yet. I believe, I don't necessarily even believe in Tyrod Taylor, but what I do believe in is that the Cleveland Browns have had enough of sitting around on the NFL's underbelly here. They're going to come out and they're going to show the world that the Cleveland Browns are making a comeback. This will be probably one of the best records that they've had in a long time. Um, I got them going 7-9. and nine. And um, the last but not least, the Bungles, the Cincinnati Bengals here. We, we've got them going 3-13, and 0-6 oh in the division. They will be dead last, 12th in the AFC, though. Um, they're just going to have a rough time this year. 3-13 and 13 for the Bungles. Okay, mm-hmm. wow. Going to the south, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is going to surprise you. Mm-hmm. And this is mostly because of the offensive losses. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars will win the division. Yes. They'll be the number two seed uh-huh. at 12 and 4. Wow. That, and I, I know you probably have them higher, but given that they, they lost Allen Robinson, who they didn't really have last season anyway, they lost Allen mm-hmm. Hurts. Um, they lost Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee's out for the year. Yep. 
So uh, their new receiver in my has to pick up that load. If this is gonna, if the, the defense is gonna carry him out of the way, yes, Bortles is gonna get the job done. But I think the offense is gonna struggle more than last season. But they still win the division. They go twelve and four, three and three in the division. Awesome. Wow. Um. Well, I, let me finish on through here. Um, the Texans will also make the playoffs as the sixth seed. The Texans will go ten and six. And then I think the Colts are going to be on the outside looking in. They're gonna miss the playoffs by a couple games. They're gonna go eight and eight. I think Luck's gonna start turning things around, but it's gonna it's not gonna really be enough. And then I have the Titans going seven and seven and nine, so I have to be in a fairly competitive division. See, I don't I don't see it the same way. And and here's why. Well well the Bortles did lose um, pieces on his offensive line. The the defense in, in Jacksonville is very strong. We'll start with that. The the division itself, the, the strength of their, their schedule rather, the, the division schedule is is actually pretty weak and is in favor of Jacksonville in a lot of different ways. Um, Jacksonville this year, not only do I have them winning division, not only do I have them higher than what you said, I've got them going fifteen and one. And and wow. yes, and I you know just kind of like Carolina, Jacksonville has a, a if you look at their schedule, it's weak. It's a very weak schedule. They don't have much going on over there. Um, Blake Bortles will get the job done. the The story of this year isn't going to be about what Blake Bortles can do through the air. That's that's the thing about it. It's going to be about this defense. And there's going to be one other name that's going to be synonymous with Jacksonville this year. And what's that name going to be? Leonard Fournette. That's going to be what that's, that's what it's going to be about. Leonard Fournette is going to have himself a career year this year. If, if you know, even if it kills him, he's going to go out there and he's going to go and he's going to give his last gasping breath, scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl if he wants to. That that guy is going to be working his tail off to to make this team as best as the best it can be. Jalen Ramsey's going to have himself another career year. The Bouye and Ramsey are so scary as corners. We're always talking about Jalen Ramsey because he's got a loud mouth, but but we don't talk very much about Bouye. Bouye is just as good as Ramsey. They're they're the scariest duo since uh, um, Cromartie and Revis. I mean, let's just face it. So so to me, when I'm looking at at this this uh, uh, Jacksonville team. I believe that this defense is not only going to – it will lead them, but I think Leonard Fournette is going to be picking up a significant workload this year that takes a lot of that weight off of Blake Bortles. And let's not forget – I know we were talking about it earlier, but let's not forget who is out there right now. Even though Jacksonville doesn't want to make the move, they did make the move for Dante Moncrief. Whoopity-do. But, but let's not forget, you still got Martavius Bryant out there. You still got Corey Coleman out there. You got some guys that are hungry that can still play good ball and can still get open in, in, in those deep passes. I think that if I'm Jacksonville, I'm looking at one of those guys. Now, going second in the division, I got Houston going 12 and 4. I think Watson comes out. He he plays ball. Not only do I have, by the way, Jacksonville going number one in the division, uh, or going uh, number one seed rather, I've got um, Houston making the playoffs, the fifth seed going 12 and 4, 4 and 2 in the division. Watson's going to come out and show why he is MVP caliber. I told you that Watson could very well wind up being the MVP, and I still firmly believe that. Watson is is a great player. He showed it. He played good ball early on, 
And and I know that that you're you were sitting there going, well, he only won such and such amount of games. But Watson is going to lead this team like a captain should, and and he's going to to um, prove why he is as good as he is. Now, now this is where we're we're a little off here, um, going into the third and fourth place here. I've I've got Tennessee going five and eleven. Um, they're going to be the number nine seed. Um, three and three in the division. I don't think you give them. I, I know where you and I are card carrying members of the Andrew Luck fan club. And, and I always have been since he got drafted. I was always a big fan of Andrew Luck, but I believe Mariota has more pieces around him. I think Tennessee added to their defense so much with Malcolm Butler that, that their defense is going to be a lot stronger. Derrick Henry's going to come out pounding. You got Deion Lewis as the change of pace back. That's really going to give him some good opportunities. Um, I think Mariota has everything, kind of has the world in front of him, and he's starting to be able to, to come alive. I think Mariota brings the Tennessee Titans to that third-place spot, and then after this year, you're going to really see the Tennessee Titans truly take off. And last but not least, I got the... But you have the Titans dipping this year. Well, I have them dipping, and here's why. I have the, the Titans dipping because their schedule is a very, very, very tough schedule. And, and I don't believe that, that even though I have the Titans dipping, do I feel like those games aren't going to be competitive? I mean, look, their schedule's super tough. I feel like the games are still going to be very competitive, but I do have them dipping. Now, now does that necessarily mean that re they regressed? If, they, if the Tennessee Titans go up against, say, uh, uh, the L.A. Rams and they have competitive games against the L.A. Rams, does that mean they, reg they regressed? That's fair. Because I, I don't think last year you would see the Tennessee Titans even coming close to having a competitive game with the Rams. This year's a little bit different. And I think you're going to see Derrick Henry kind of explode a little bit. So, I, I mean, even though they dip record-wise, I think they do have a little bit more a competitive edge um, that they had. And then next year, I think you're going to see them blow up a little more than we expected. And I've got the Colts going 3-13, and 0-6 in the division. Um, Andrew Luck is just not going to be protected enough. I love the addition of Quentin Nelson, but... The Colts have just they're throwing protection out the door, and, and they're not really giving Andrew Luck a chance to succeed. 3-13, and 13, dead last in the division, 13th seed overall, though. So um, they, they don't wind up in the, the last seed there um, moving forward. Go to the East. Ugh. Yuck. Do I even need to do this? Uh, you have to, unfortunately. So the New England Patriots will go thirteen and three Ooh. with the number one seed in the Wow. I I have no reason to bet against them as much as I want to. The, the Patriots I mean honestly as much as I want to believe that Brady's coming to an end, he's showing like it's not coming to an end anytime soon. It, it, you'd, you'd be silly to bet against Tom right now, and, and this is what it is. The Patriots continue their uh, domination of the of the AFC East to go thirteen and three. Six no in the division, and that's the big kicker there. I think they they don't have any competition in that division. They're guaranteed six wins every year. Yep. If you look at that division right now, they're they're guaranteed six. The occasional upset. Yes. Buffalo years ago. Yeah, I mean it can happen. So, fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth in the league. Wow. They're also in this division. Ouch. Not the league, the AFC. Yes. The Jets will go second in the division. Hmm. Going three and thirteen. Wow. The Buffalo Bills will also go three and thirteen. 
and the Miami Dolphins will be the worst team in the NFL for one fifteen. Huh. Wow. And I think Buffalo's got thing, good things going for them. I I, I don't think uh, Josh Allen slash Peterman, this is going to be the year. I think Josh Allen could be the guy that can really get that team going. I think it's going to take time. Yes. Yeah, it'll, it'll take time. I don't think that's same for Garner. Yeah. Um, so... I, I, well, first of all, I ask you just to be fair. Are, are you finished with the AFC East here? Okay, so I, I do agree with you. Um, ironically, we've got uh, New England uh, at the very same spot, thirteen and three, six and zero. I actually have them in the number two spot because obviously last time I had the the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in the number one. Um, they're taking this division. They're guaranteed six wins. Like you said, I, I don't think there's a team in there that can compete with the New England Patriots in that division. Um, in second, however, um, and, and you may not like it, you may not agree with it, but I think that, that because of the, I guess, strength of schedule or lack thereof, <clears throat> there are some games that the Miami Dolphins are going to pick up on, and they're going to go 4-12. and 12. Um, They're going to be number two in the division, 3-3 um, three and three in the division, um, and, and both of those wins are going to come over Buffalo, um, and I think one of them they're going to split with the Jets. And then they're gonna they're gonna get spanked by the Jets in one, and they're gonna lose two to, to New England. Um, the Jets uh, will come in third in the division, three and thirteen. I think Darnold kind of comes alive, shows that he's a uh, first round draft pick, um, shows that that he can guide this team, but he needs a lot of pieces around him. They have to start rebuilding that team. They haven't been doing it. They've got a long uphill struggle for uh, a while here. And uh, Buffalo, <clears throat> I got them going dead last in the AFC. One and fifteen in Buffalo. I think Peterman struggles. I think he gets pulled. I think Allen comes in. I think he struggles. They don't have enough for that football team right now. I think Shady McCoy is the only good thing, and and obviously Calvin Benjamin. The only two good things that they really have going for that football team right now. I think Buffalo struggles. You gotta have a good quarterback, and they just don't have it. And that's fair, but that's the reason why I have Miami below them, because they do have Benjamin and uh, McCoy will, will save them from the Midwest. And, and you know what the, the one thing I've got is, is that one divisional, that one win is a divisional win, and it's over the New York Jets. And, and that's how I have Miami. Miami's one win being an inner division that they're dealing with Buffalo. Right. So going to the last division here, we have the AFC West. And the winners of this division at 11-5 in the three seed will be the L.A. Chargers. Wow. I, I think the, Char- the Chargers won six of the last seven last season. I think they've really tried to turn this around. I think uh, Philip Rivers, I'm not going to say Philip Rivers is going to be his own, but Philip Rivers has always been his own. He's a very underrated quarterback. Nobody looks at him. He's going to be arguably the most underrated quarterback of all time. Yes. Um, and I, I think he gets the job done this year. They have a very, very solid defense. They have Melvin Gordon who's going to help get the job done. Um, and and I, I think they win the division and go down to five. Mm-hmm. Second in the division is a team I really wanted to pick to go to the playoffs. And I think we all did. The uh, Oakland Raiders. I, uh, and I could be wrong on this, and I hope I'm wrong on this. I, I want the Oakland Raiders to go to the playoffs. I think Derek Carr is a very, very great quarterback. But what change? I have them. I, I, I dropped three. They, I have them at seven and nine. At one point, I had them ten and six and making the playoffs over the, the uh, 
uh, Texas. But the Khalil Mack trade had to drop three games. Yep, and that's that's kind of the, the ongoing issue there. So I have them win seven nine second second in the division. I think the offense is going to be great, but I think they're going to I think they're going to have to score thirty plus points a game to win the games with the, how the defense is going to be. And I think it's going to come up to them. And then I have the Chiefs and the Broncos both going five and eleven. Ooh, I think you're very generous there. That might be very very generous. Um. So I'm in agreement with you uh, about uh, L.A. Chargers. Thirteen and three is where I have them. I have them going five and one in the division. Um, they're going to be the number three seed in the, the playoffs here. Uh, see, I've got Oakland. Um, I have them going eleven and five. I have them barely missing the playoffs. They're going to be in the seventh seed, and and I think their offense is potent enough to be something really special. But they don't have much for a defense right now. And that's the big problem in Oakland is just the lack of defense. Um, 11-5 and five is where I'm going to stick them. Uh, the Khalil Mack trade really just kind of took them right out of the playoffs. They, they basically eliminated their chances this year of being a playoff team. I don't believe the Oakland Raiders are going to be a playoff team. 11-5, um, and five, they'll narrowly miss um, and kind of took themselves out of the question. Um, and then I've got uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Um, both teams going two and fourteen. I've got the wow. yep the two the two wins for the the uh, Kansas City Chiefs will be interdivisional wins, um, and the uh, Denver Broncos will be zero and six in the division. I don't believe um, right now that the Chiefs have a viable quarterback. I think Mahomes is good. He's not great. I think he's he's going to be the kind of guy that you you may be able to build your division around. Who knows? I don't buy Mahomes um, completely right now. He's, there's too small of a sample size for me to say, yeah, this guy's going to be great. And yeah, this guy's going to be you know, a monster. I don't know yet. Um, but it, to me, right now, I don't think the Chiefs just have it. I think, I think they suffer. I think Andy Reid has a hard time getting his, his traction there. I don't think anybody's going to be calling for their heads or calling for his head, but I, I don't think the Chiefs do well. And the Broncos... This Case Keenum experiment, and I called it at the beginning of the preseason or the beginning of free agency when he got scooped by Denver, I said Case Keenum, the only place he would be successful is New York under a Pat Shermer system, and I meant it. I believe that Case Keenum struggles. I believe Case Keenum flounders. I believe Case Keenum gets destroyed in Denver. I believe Case Keenum goes back home with his ball bag in a sling. He gets uh, his $20 million or $21 million whatever the hell he signed over there, and, and everybody kind of laughs away the Case Keenum experiment. Unless he is under a Pat Shermer system, he will fail, and I am calling it. The Broncos go last in the division, 15th in the AFC. They're going 2-14. and 14. Damn. I, I think the Broncos' defense was going to save them from going quite badly. I, I don't think there's enough defense in the world that can save a, a, an offense that is, is just... And in the, I, I will say it like that, an impotent offense. So we're going to take a step further. Oh, boy. Wild card weekend. Wild card weekend. So we have our six teams. We each have, using the uh, playoff predictors app, this movie really kind of just keeps the straight and forward for us. Yes. So tell me, Scott, tell me, Scott, what do you got for wild card weekend for NFC? Wild card weekend for the NFC. Um, I've got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the L.A. Rams, and I've got the New Orleans Saints taking on the Carolina Panthers. Who wins that? 
So the first, I'm going to start with the, the Saints and the Panthers. Um, I believe the Saints take out the Panthers, um, in spite of the fact that they have the Panthers being number one in the NFC. I don't believe the Panthers are um, – they have a strength of schedule, but I don't think they're, they're the best team um, that enters the playoffs. I think uh, Drew Brees comes out. Drew Brees shows why Drew Brees is Drew Brees. Uh, I mean, I think that's just the fact. Um, Drew Brees uh, finished – well, oh, wait, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I did this wrong. I, I, I was looking at the wrong thing. Excuse me. I got the Saints and the, the Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. I apologize, Tyler. Oh. I screwed that up. Um, no? No, did I get – oh. Yeah, I got – I got this right now. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Saints Saints in Philly, Atlanta, Minnesota. Sorry. I got New Orleans taking out Philadelphia. I don't think Philadelphia is, is that great. Minnesota beats Atlanta. Um, I was going to say, I mean, uh, Panthers shouldn't have been your wild card. Yeah, no, no. They shouldn't have been wild card. That's the thing. I was looking at it like, wait a minute now. I got my – I have pictures of all of these things, so I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through them, and I kind of got them all mixed up. So, you know, I got Atlanta, Atlanta getting beat by Minnesota. Um, they can't keep up with the Minnesota defense. Um, I got the New Orleans Saints um, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and, and while we're at it, just because I already went through it, uh, New Orleans does beat Carolina in the divisional round. Um, and I also have uh, – so here's an interesting thing. I got the Minnesota Vikings. I got the L.A. Rams. Okay. Last season, uh, the Vikings took on the Rams in the regular season, and they dominated the Rams. 24-7 was the final score. Um, just spanked them. Rams couldn't get anything going. Goff couldn't get anything going. Gurley couldn't get anything going. They really didn't have much. Um, the Vikings played really good ball. I think that not only do the Vikings win that game, I, I think that they do the same thing that they did last year. I think they spanked the L.A. Rams. And the Minnesota Vikings will move on to the NFC Championship game to take on the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game. And in, it'll be a rematch of last year's divisional round uh, uh, face-off where we saw the, the Minneapolis miracle. I think that's going to be the big story um, of the playoffs this year. So that's where I'm at with that. So who goes to the Super Bowl? Who goes to the Super Bowl? You want me to go that far? Well, you, already got, you already left wildcard weekend. So okay, finish your okay. I'll finish the NFC. NFC pick. Um, I'm, I'm going with the... Uh, Minnesota Vikings are going to beat are going to beat the New Orleans Saints, and here's why I say that. Um, I like the Saints. I think that uh, you know what I take that back. I hate the Saints from a, from a personal standpoint, but um, they're so damn good. Um, I think it's going to be a very very tough game. I think the Vikings. You know everybody everybody's so pissed off at at Stephon Diggs for for the Minneapolis miracle. I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. I don't think Kirk Cousins craps the bed the way that Case Keenum did. I think Minnesota beats New Orleans and finally, finally, finally makes their way into the Super Bowl. And that's just not me being a biased Vikings fan. That, that's, that's me being like, hey, the Vikings have a tough schedule. They're going to have to play at a high level all year long. Now they're coming to the playoffs. And they've added more pieces to their team, better pieces, younger pieces, faster pieces. And who knows, to be honest with you, who knows what's going to come out of Mike Hughes this year, uh, their, their number one uh, draft pick corner. I, to me, this is a team that everybody should be watching. Minnesota goes to the Super Bowl this year. Okay. 
I, I hate to do this in the middle of an NFL podcast, but I just had a breaking news thing on my uh, oh boy. feed. Uh, we're going to baseball for a second here. This just broke up. Trevor's story just uh, had just hit the longest home run in the StatCast era. 505 feet. Jesus. Holy shit. What a hit. That's just massive. Now, kudos to you, Trevor Story. You've had a nice yes. career, and that's going to continue. Yes, that's exciting. But back to this, back to NFL. Um, so, wildcard weekend for the NFC, I have the, uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers at the Eagles, and I have the Saints at the Falcons. Mm. I have both road teams winning. The Panthers will beat the Eagles, and the Saints will beat the Falcons. Wow. Because the Saints, I feel, are a better team. Yes. The division round, I have the Panthers at the Vikings and the Saints at the Rams. Here I have both home teams winning. The one and two seeds will uh, will, will reign strong, and the Vikings will win, and the Rams will win. And then the NFC Championship, it's, you got the Vikings at the Rams. The Rams were going to come up victorious. Ooh, you really like those Rams this year. I do. I really do. I think. I think that's it's a young, it's a young offense. A young offense is going to just going to turn it up this year. Mm-hmm. But then, so the Rams are my Super Bowl. Um, my NFC pick for Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Going to the AFC, and I'll start here. Yep, that's your your ball game. It's my ball game. Uh, we have in the in the uh, wild card weekend, we'll have. The Steelers at the Ravens for the third time this season. Oofa. And then we'll have the Texans at the Chargers. And this is where I'm going to take both home teams. I think, I think the Ravens will beat the Steelers. After splitting the season, the Ravens will, uh, will break the tie. They'll get through all their weekend. They'll beat the Steelers. And then I have the Chargers going over on the on, on the Falcons. The uh, Texans. I think the Char- I think Rivers is going to uh, prove that experience over youth, and uh, Rivers is going to get the job done. Going to the divisional round, I have the Chargers at the uh, Jaguars and the Ravens at New England. I have the Jaguars going up on the Chargers in a, in a very dominant show showing, and and then. Here's a stat. Um, the uh, there are two quarterbacks that have the uh, as far as playoffs only have the winningest record against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning and Joe Flacco. Get his wang out of your mouth, Tyler. Um, Come on. In the history of the Ravens and the, and the Patriots, and, and you know Pete can back me up. And, and, uh, and you're just in love with Joe Flacco. Don't lie. Pete being a big, big Patriots fan, and we need to talk about this. Oh, um, if you gosh. look at the Patriots and Ravens history of the playoffs, they're two and two. Uh, um, the Ravens, um, for some reason, we talk about the we talk about the Browns, like playing the division harder. The, the Ravens play the Patriots like it's a division game. Right. I mean, I think the whole NFC is so sick of Tom Brady to where like the, the teams play the Patriots harder because they just want to they just want to shut Brady down. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those cases, right? and I think uh, this is a case where the Ravens will beat the Patriots. You'll start to see Tom Brady's begin to slow down a little bit. And so I had I had the Ravens winning this one. 
And then the in the championship game, I have Ravens at the Jaguars, and I have the Jaguars winning, and I'm very dominant showing. I think the Jaguars are going to run rampant on, on, on Ravens' offense. They're going to, they're going to be testing over the line. It's going to be a very one-sided affair. And the Jaguars will win that game and then go on to the Super Bowl. Wow. So, AFC-wise, um, we are looking at, for my, my, my wild card weekend round, you're over here talking uh, Houston and Baltimore, and you're talking Pittsburgh and L.A. Chargers. Kind of flip-flop. Yep. Um, now, I have Pittsburgh beating the Chargers. Um, they'll be the away team. I've got Houston losing to Baltimore. Baltimore advancing uh, over the Texans. I think they, they'll be too much for Watson to handle. Here's the kicker about that, though. Baltimore and Pittsburgh will advance, but they will lose their respective games. I got New England beating Baltimore. I got Jacksonville beating Pittsburgh. Um, we are going to have a rematch in the AFC Championship game: New England versus Jacksonville. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to let it happen again. They are going to finally All right. end Tom Brady. They're going to take him down in the AFC Championship game. And in the Super Bowl, that leaves me with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl this year. You keep going. You you want me to finish it off? Well, well who do you? So so you you haven't given me your your well you've given me your Super Bowl here. So my Super Bowl prediction here: Jacksonville, Minnesota. Um, what I'll say, first of all, let me let me throw your take out there, if you don't mind me doing this. So I, I want to throw this out there, because Jacksonville and L.A. would be a great game. And I think Jacksonville and Minnesota would be a great game. The kicker about this game is Blake Bortles. That's the big question about this game. Can Blake Bortles play at a high enough level to beat the absolute best that the NFC has to offer? And if I'm taking either scenarios where I have to stick to, the NFC wins two out of two. Right, and, and the that's... Rams. And I'm, I'm spoiler alert: the Rams beat the Jaguars, the Vikings beat the Jaguars. And that's what I have. I have the Vikings beating the Jaguars. You have the Rams beating the Jags. This is the thing about it. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that their defense is just outstanding. I think Blake Bortles gets by this. By the skin of his teeth, he, he narrowly makes it away. He narrowly makes it to the, 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 the Super Bowl. You say it's going to be a dominating fashion. To me, I think the Jags win. I think that they have a close one against New England. I think like it'll be like New England won last year. It's just going to be a, a tough you know three, four-pointer. But Jacksonville's going to make their way into the Super Bowl. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to keep up with that high-powered NFC stuff. And... and Kirk Cousins is not Case Keenum, and and Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum. Kirk Cousins is the real thing. He is an NFL caliber quarterback. I feel like Kirk Cousins is going to show that. And and by golly, as a Vikings fan, I hope I'm right. But you know, if Kirk Cousins plays at the level that I personally feel that he can play to, Kirk Cousins is going to lead this team, lead this team to the Super Bowl. And and if if Jared Goff comes out and plays the way that you think he's going to. As an MVP, I think he leads that team to a Super Bowl. You know, I, and, and at the end of the day, the Jags, Blake Bortles has to be able to keep up offensively, not only going against two high-powered defenses, whether it be Minnesota or whether it be L.A., 
but I also feel like Blake Bortles is going to have to keep up with the fast-paced offenses. He has, he's going to have to score as much as those offenses, and that's something that I, honest to God, don't think that Blake Bortles is capable of doing, is keeping up with that high-powered Minnesota Vikings offense. Kirk Cousins throwing to Thielen and Diggs, Dalvin Cook running out of the backfield. I don't think he's got that. I don't think he's got going what he's got, you know, the ability to keep up with Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Sammy Watkins, not Watkins, but Robert Woods. You know, I, he doesn't have the ability to keep up, and I agree with you. You need a team that, that is more well-rounded. Bortles struggled last year. Let's just face it. He struggled. You, 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 need, a, you need a veteran quarterback to to counteract those dominant two defenses. Right, and and Jacksonville is going to finally, in that in their, their 11th hour, they're going to show their weaknesses. They're going to show their true colors, and they will fail in that Super Bowl. The Jacksonville Jaguars will not win the Super Bowl this year. And I stand by that, but I, I think it's going to be the Los Angeles Rams. I don't think so. I, I'm calling my Vikings, and I'm going to give them the, the luck of the draw. I think Kirk Cousins finally, finally leads them to the promised land. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I, I hope I'm right so I can dance all throughout your house. You, this will be the first place I go. In fact, I'll be sitting out front on your front lawn in my truck with my Minnesota Vikings flag and my my color rush Chris Carter jersey on, waving that flag, playing the the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings theme song. Skull Vikings win us the game. Skull Vikings honor your name. And with that, that's going to be the end of this episode. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening in. Um, I we Like I said, we really appreciate it. Ten episodes in. Um, you know, still working out some of the kinks, but Tyler, I think we've, we've been pretty successful over the course of the last 10 episodes. Yeah, me and the outside books have been very successful. You, you want to share. If you can just get a better co-star, this could, this could be really good. You know, he gives me a hard time all the time, but you know, I, I think I carry the ball there, um, quite well, thank you. But no, uh, Tyler, Tyler is, is a tremendous co-host. Tyler, thank you for, for, um, you know, being a part of this podcast, uh, with me and, and, uh, I, I, couldn't have asked for for a better co-host. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I also want to thank Tyler for being a very <laughs> awesome host. Yeah, he, you know he's really modest too. You know, man. <laughs> yeah. No, um, no, but no, but for real. Thank you so much for being a great co-host for the show. This this has been uh, you know so far an absolute pleasure. We're gonna keep this going. Ten episodes in, I'm super stoked about what we're doing, and and things are only gonna keep getting better. We're just kind of gaining our rhythm here, folks. We're getting it together. Um, and, and these last 10 episodes have been a great learning experience. Special thanks to our uh, um, executive producer again, Jordan Scavone. Check out his books, uh, Be My Tea. That's uh, one of his books from... And the Mud Princess. And the Mud Princess, yes. Uh, those books are fantastic. Great children's books. I, I would highly recommend them to anybody. Um, my kids love them. I, I know that there's a lot of kids out there who, who have gotten their copies and absolutely love them. Great illustrations. Um, great stories. Jordan is a hell of a writer. Um, so absolutely thank you, Jordan, for all your hard work that you do here and uh, keep up the great work on your books. The kids are, are adoring you right now for all the hard work you put in for them. Um, and uh, special shout out to uh, It's Your Time Massage, our, our sponsor. Thank you so much. Um, don't forget, get a massage over at It's Your Time Massage. Uh, Amanda's a tremendous massage therapist and uh, she actually, you know, I got a massage for the first time um, a little while back, and 
you know, being a professional wrestler, Tyler knows, you know, it, you, you're, it takes a toll on your body quite a bit. And uh, I'll tell you what, I got my first massage. I could stand up straight for the first time in forever. It was real nice. So um, I highly recommend that. Um, so it's your time massage. Check it out um, at IYT.com. Um, beyond that, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Oh, my God. It's the regular season. It's NFL. Oh, my gosh. You're so loud. Um, regular season, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're excited. Week one coming up. We're going to be doing, like, once again, our special recording on Monday night. We'll be checking out the football games while we are recording. It's going to be a fun one. So uh, thank you once again for listening in. Um, thank you to our loyal listeners, and uh, hopefully we will uh, keep you around for a little while longer. Um, for the Tyler Dean and the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, ladies and gentlemen, have yourselves a wonderful night, and uh, stay tuned. We're going to be getting crazy right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us next week for the return of Tyler's Top 10, recaps from Week 1, and more news. Follow us on Facebook.com backslash The Outside Blitz.